Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to Waypoint Radio, episode 163? Yes. Did I get that right? That's the right episode. It is June 8th, 2018, and we are in our homes. We are not on a plane yet. We're flying out to L.A. tomorrow to go to uh, E3. To E3. We'll define E3 in a moment. <laughs> I'm Austin Walker. Joining me today, you've already heard the voice of Danielle Riendo. Danielle E3 Riendo. That's right. It's my new name. That's good. Also joining us, Patrick E3 Klepik. I feel like E3 is like uh, three weeks long now. I feel like we're actually late to E3. Yes, honestly. 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, and Rob E3. Zach Nee. E for everyone, baby. Zach Nee yeah. 3. Wait, E for everyone was a different event that happened that one time in Philly. Remember? E for everyone. Does anyone? Wait, thought, well, that's good, too. Yeah, I mean, I know. Wait, then the, wait. The e for E for everyone wasn't that year they tried to. God, I'm I'm getting my E three lore confused. No, you're thinking of the Santa Monica year, right? But then there was the Santa Monica year where they oh, basically yeah. downscaled it. And uh, who was it? Was it uh, Guillermo from Ubisoft? Said it felt like a plumber's convention that oh, year. Oh my God! Did he say that? That's very good. <laughs> that's very good. God, that's a very was, easy thing. Wait, were there Mario games? Because you know, hey. Plumbers, I think that's probably right. definitely what he meant. Was it was a lot of cosplay. That was the very beginning of the Mario Rabbids relationship. I'll I give think you a actually that was legit when Mario Galaxy was being shown. <laughs> for so that probably just like, oh, there's plumbers <laughs> everywhere. All anybody would talk about was the plumber. No one would plumber talk in a bee suit. What's up? I'll tell you. Um, so Aww. we're going to talk about E3 today. I, I put out a call for questions uh, on the first, on the last episode of, of Waypoint Radio, and uh, and then again just now on Twitter. And we got some good questions that have come in about our E3 experiences, our hopes, our dreams, our fears. E3 is um, over. They're teasing a Metal Wolf Chaos, uh, a, a PC port from Devolver. So we're is done. Is that where we want to start? Do we want to start with Metal Wolf Chaos questions? Because we got multiple yes. Metal Wolf Chaos questions. <laughs> oh, good. Because yes. I was going to shoehorn it in, but please continue. <laughs> yeah, please come on. Uh, here's is okay. We're just gonna step into the the Medal of Chaos corner here. Uh, I mean, let's start with that one. Let's start with a very very broad one here, which is uh, Deus Aquis said asks is is Medal of Chaos remake happening? Um, do you want to explain what what you're talking about, Patrick? Uh, so there's uh, we're in the lead up to E3. There are often uh, a number of announcements made. Sony has actually done like a really good job of like capitalizing on this uh, this mm-hmm. week, like kind of making an event out of each day. This is unrelated to that, but like it's all to say there are 
Uh, often a publisher will strate- publishers will strategically announce things in the days leading up to E3 because it's easier to get headlines when you're not competing against the, the cyberpunks of the world uh, during right. E3 itself. Um, the cyberpunks who hack in and take down your trailers. Uh-huh, it's true. <gasps> um, and Devolver is having a uh, a like streaming press conference this year, um, from which I understand. Like last year, it was a joke. Yeah. And from what I understand, they <laughs> but didn't, they didn't communicate that. They didn't. Last they, year. they understand that people didn't quite realize it was a joke, <laughs> and that this year's one is actually going to have uh, like legitimate news and, and announcements. And so there is a teaser that went out from Devolver today with just sort of like a presidential symbol, and people uh, because the internet does the internet does, and like they found out that if you match that up to the cover art for Metal Wolf Chaos, a uh, old from software. Let's just call it a classic. Uh, I don't. That's. I have not <laughs> we'll played this there. game. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm just going to go ahead and call it a classic, uh, in which you play the president of the United States in a mech uh-huh. fighting back against I don't know what. Do, you don't know what? Do you not know the pitch to this game? No, I don't remember that. I'm going to read from half. Wikipedia because it's very good. <laughs> In the early 21st century, America has plunged into a state of civil and economic unrest, and several states attempt to secede from America to protect their own interests as a result, and as, as a result, leading to a so conflict prescient. known as the Arizona Insurrection. During oh. that time, Richard Hawk and Michael Wilson <laughs> fight and crush the insurrection, paving way for the development of, a, of powerful military via, uh, weapons. Michael Wilson, a relative of Woodrow Wilson, soon becomes the 47th oh president God. of the United oh States, drawing parallels to the real-life presidency of George W. Bush at the time of the game's release. Vice President Richard Hawke decides to usurp Wilson's presidency, shifting the armed forces' loyalty to him and attacking Wilson with their support. Hawke begins a reign of terror and makes numerous detrimental actions as president, from reinstituting slavery to committing outright <laughs> atrocities. I think those are two separate things. Uh, this is a game about about Dick Cheney throw, overthrowing George W. Bush, is what this is a game oh about. Oh my god. Wow. Um, and then Wilson, uh, Mike, Mike Wilson. So you're uh, playing as Bush? <laughs> You're basically playing as right, uh huh, um, exactly. Uh, it's it's that's not comp- that's complicated, Austin. Uh, it's it's a <laughs> lot. It's very complicated. You have like a fun. It's it's a goofy fucking game. America's uh, forgotten its proud history of racist progressives, <laughs> but as the heir to Woodrow Wilson's legacy, I'm bringing it back. Oh boy! Wow, yeah. it turns out Rob's doing VO for this game. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Welcome to being. So here's the thing about that game: is that game? Well, uh, let me. So let me just finish. Like yeah. the timeline of this is that uh, so they they found this this uh, presidential symbol matched it up to the box art and then right. the other people started doing more sleuthing which is that in there was a popular uh, let's play of that yes. game on YouTube that prompted yep. from software to confusingly tweet out. Why does something along the lines of like why do people care about Metal Wolf Chaos out of nowhere? And then in response to that, Devolver just straight up tweeted at one of the From Software designers being confused, saying, "We'd love to talk about Metal Wolf Chaos." This is in 2016. Yeah, and so uh, I think it's reasonable to expect that. Uh, I think remake is probably probably like you should set your expectations lower than that. But yeah, I think it's probably just a rough. I, I, I think, I think it'll, it'll be cleaned up. Like, it, yeah, it'll, it'll be cleaned up. Uh, by definition, okay. bringing it to PC is sort of like yes. a cleanup process. Like, I, yes. I, I don't know what kind of work they're going to do. The game would have to be localized, right? This wasn't no. Actually... So this is why. No, 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 no. It's all in English. That's the thing with Metal Wolf. But it Wolf wasn't Chaos. released in America. 
No, right? but it was all written. It was all voice acted in English. Right, right, right. But it was voice it, it, acted. Right. It had okay. Amer- it had English American voice acting. That's gotcha, the gotcha. thing that's so fucked about it. It was on the Xbox, and the cover looked like. Have you seen the cover of this game? Yes. I'm gonna post it. It looked Other like people, this. I need this, to see this. This is the moment where you, as the, the listener, should be googling the it's cover to Metal, Metal Wolf. Chaos. Just yeah, just search for Metal Wolf Chaos and hit images. It's just oh a big mech with like God. a thousand guns coming off of it, and the American flag burning in the background, <laughs> and and in the bottom right, the presidential the seal. seal. The presidential, yeah, in well, the bottom right. Not just the presidential seal. This special version of the presidential seal, which <laughs> is the one that has been dug up basically uh, tied to mm. this or, or is it the one that they 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 launched it or they uh they put it on their their twitter right it's the one that has like missiles and mach- and like mini guns held <laughs> by the eagle instead of arrow you know like yeah it's a goofy so i mean this leads us to the second question here um which is uh do you think the metal wolf chaos thing devolver is teasing is going to be one of those things uh where people finally get to play it and go oh no this game is actually kind of bad that comes yeah, in ray yeah 100 percent. that is that, yeah. is that is the logical clue to this but i want to live in that world i want yes. to go through the motions i want to be disappointed and i want to realize <laughs> the game i built up in my head is not nearly the game like the satirical game that I'm looking for is probably not the game that is there, uh, but I want to find out for myself because yes. the concept is so ludicrous. And and bigger picture, uh, I would like to incur like not from software aside, but also from software specifically, would love to see more like essentially abandoned games like repurposed, released on the PC on a platform where once it's on the PC, even if a publisher abandons it, there will be right. a fan community that yep. keeps it alive in a way that is fundamentally different than the sort of like gray area, like pseudo piracy that happens with emulation, which I encourage the efforts there. I'm glad there are folks doing the preservation work, but yes. it's just easier on the PC once the code is there and like people have been paid to do the hard uh, engineering work. So like the fact that it's there hopefully encourages more. I mean, Dead Alive 6 was announced today and that game is going to come on PC. Like I love this trend partially because I play a lot of games on PC, uh, but largely because it's like part of a larger preservation effort in video right. games that right. is just easier once that game is on PC. There is there is two things. One, here's my counter argument to maybe this game is good, mm-hmm. is there's absolutely a level in which you have to stop the uh, Statue of Liberty from being destroyed by a big tank mech. Um, and the the health bars on the screen are Warner, which I think is the name of the enemy, Statue of Liberty, and Resistance. Uh, and that ap- that fight absolutely includes the, your mech doing a bunch of like ridiculous power wrestling moves to a tank. <laughs> so it's so that's a point in favor. I thought you were going to say something like. Oh, no, like something really, really negative or shitty, but that that no. sounds like a point in favor That's for you, yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I think that I'm glad we'll find an audience. I mean, this is from an era of FromSoft before people liked FromSoft very much, um, but we're doing interesting things, right? This is this is mid-armored core. This is Xbox One era Microsoft, or uh, uh, FromSoft, so it's like Armored Core 3 era. It's, um, what was that other really good Xbox series that they did uh, that was like an action game? Oh, Toby. Um, Otogi, the Otogi series is really cool. Um, so they were doing cool shit, and I'm glad that people. I'm hopeful that people will get to see this. Um, uh, we had another question about this. Uh, Moosey on Twitter wanted to know what if a sequel to Metal Wolf Chaos ended up being the fabled Mech Souls game, and I could. Oh, that my. would be a lot to think. Of. It's it's not. It's not. But no. 
But, but, but like, wouldn't you love to see what Miyazaki would do somehow commenting on, like, Western politics? Uh-huh. Somehow? Yep. Somehow? O- weird open world, like, uh, post-America devastation? Yes. Fuck. It'd be, it'd be very interesting. Um, also, really quickly, um, uh, I do, I also wanted to say the, I, I do want more things like from this era to come out. And also, you can do a, a good job of, of remastering them. Not easily, necessarily, but like, so I imported Front Mission five years ago, which is a, the only Front Mission that has never come to the States, I think. Maybe two didn't. Uh, in any case, five didn't, and five is dope, and also it's all in Japanese, except there is a fan patch online. And literally last night, I finally like fucked around with that fan patch and made it run on my computer with like eight times, you know, uh, uh, upscaled and, and filtering on and blah, blah, blah. PS2 and or PS1? It's a PS2 game. It's a PS2 game, but it looks great. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, like, there is a way to, to do decent remasters of PS2 games and, and Xbox One games, Xbox original Xbox games, that look fantastic. And I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we start getting more of those, especially ones that didn't come out in, in our region, you know. Um, yeah, like uh, Nintendo, um, I don't know the game, but they are essentially allowing this Japanese publisher to put out a... Uh, a fetish game uh, right, on the right. Amer- uh, like on the the like non Japanese uh, eShop marketplaces, and the game's not translated. It's clearly for like a very specific audience, but like I like I think that's cool that um, one Nintendo of all people, and two like if a studio doesn't have the actual resources to do the localization, I think like exceptions should be made for yeah. them to allow them to like because maybe an audience is found that then allows. Like for the resources to be discovered to actually do the you know the work on on localizing, I think stuff like that's that's cool, and those kind of barriers are those are the kinds of barriers that I, should be taken down as opposed to let's say the approach valve is taking <laughs> right ha yeah, right um which we should find time to talk about once the maybe once some of that stuff continues to shake out as they give comment to other people and blah 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 all right this one comes in from john who says what are your e3 worst case scenarios do you need <laughs> tricks to avoid or escape them danielle that was a laugh i want to know what your worst case scenario is oh god i mean this is a little bit is. this she is does, a little she bit get funny three, she doesn't get three workouts in like in between her meetings no <laughs> Throwing shade at my lifestyle, <laughs> right her there. Thanks. Lifestyle, her like Thanks. badass sports. Thanks. Before we get, yeah, before, I like having these shoulders. Before right. I, they're very good shoulders. Before we get to what your actual <laughs> nightmare is, Rob. Rob also seems to have a speculative uh, nightmare for Danielle. Please, Rob. What no, because I know Danielle lived it. Oh, like, oh, I, I, oh no. Like, I, I know the like. I'm pretty sure I know the story. Danielle's like. About, about the push-ups like, and being ready for breeding. Yep. That's the one. Excuse yep. me. <laughs> Well, this is more of like a nightmare scenario that actually happened uh, at E3 2010, I believe. I was there for Game Shark, RIP Game Shark. Hell yeah! I used to go. Like I went to like three E3s with Game Shark. It was great. Um, I oh, sorry, like content warning right here for like some basically misogyny. I guess it, you'd probably call it or sexism. Uh, and I was looking at one of the Call of Duties, you know, I was there, it was like the last day, everybody was exhausted, and there was like the military advisor guy for one of the Call of Duties, again, I don't remember which Call of Duty it was, uh, and he was like, does anybody have a military question? We were waiting to go in, and there were like two other guys there, and they were just like, basically asleep on their feet, and I was like, I want to make sure I can do military-style push-ups! And he was like, wow, great question. And he, like, took me out into the hall, and we were doing, like, military-style push-ups. And as I was doing this push-up, Where he was is like, this happening? 
at the Activision at the, booth. Oh my god, okay. Or at, not the booth, rather, uh, like, you know the sort of appointment areas, the little sort of meeting rooms that they have? Right, right, right. Uh, yes. This is like okay. in a hallway oh, uh, yeah. at E3. I, this is like a public place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a public place. This was not like in a creepy alleyway or anything, but it was just so bizarre. Um, and he just started like making comments about my body. It was just like, whoa. Like, like being really fucking creepy. And then he definitely said, Oh, you were just made for breeding. Like in the most like Jesus I can't help but laugh. Christ. I'm sorry, I can't help but laugh because it's the most like like crew cut man like extreme i don't know that was that was a little breeding is a term that's a like they yeah, like the use of yep. that word specifically says a lot, a lot about that person a lot <laughs> no that, i mean that it dude, was like handmaid's tale is that dude's harry potter like <laughs> god true very true Christ. anyway a true e3 story right there that's um, a nightmare that's a capital a nightmare a little bit shitty. It was just, like, honestly, I laughed because it was such a weird situation. And also that he was like, it's uncommon for a dude who has that sort of attitude about a woman's body to also be, like, really into, like, a fit woman. So it was very, like, in my brain, it was very, like, what the fuck? Like, it was very, yeah, it was a weird one. Well, and, anyway. and you've gone outside the envelope of, like, everyday awkwardness straight into, like, right. Coen Brothers territory. Uh-huh. Right, this was... This was a special version of awkward misogyny at E3, so yeah, that was, that was a thing that Jesus happened. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> any other nightmares? Any other things that qualify uh, as nightmares? I, how could I talk that? I feel like we just bow out and move on to the next question. I took a game and it was, another, it was a bad game instead of a good game. That's my nightmare. <laughs> no, you can't, you, no. Um... Uh, here what if a, that guy said you were great for breeding? I don't know. I like. That would, I guess the same thing could happen the same to thing you. Could happen to us, one hundred percent. Right? Uh, well, yeah. that. Mm, yeah. You know what? If someone told me I was good for breeding, <laughs> there is a, there is a history here. There is a historical context that would also be exactly fucked up. That'd be um, pretty fucked. It'd be pretty fucked up. Uh, I, no, here's what I'll say: is there was we actually had a moment last year, which which maybe Patrick should even, which is sometimes you have lots of people at an event. And you lose one of them for a little while. And like, what happened <laughs> to oh, our no. friend? Patrick, do you want to explain this story? Rob, do you want to explain this story? Rob should oh, explain God. this story. I can't explain it because, okay. like, I was I was a passenger for this uh, <laughs> story. Well, we uh, well the the night before one night we podcasted extremely late. I think to extremely like extremely late, one or something or something yeah, 12, like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Rob still lived in the area at the time. She's so like, hey, I'm just gonna go home but i was like rob you seem extremely tired and so he went home but then i believe the part of the context is the day before that like you didn't sleep the night before basically right the night before at all the night that we did the long podcast so you were on like hour 40 or something yeah he was not in a good place and so uh like slept you know well i'm gonna say i don't know let's in my mindset, I don't know what happens the next morning. We wake up and go to E3 and just, like, text Rob to see where he's at and, like, get no response for, like, six-plus hours. We're getting, we're, like, we're, we're, like, late afternoon, like, did he go to his appointments? What happened to Rob? Did Rob get into, like, a car accident? Because right, we had other <laughs> meetings set up where it was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Rob and Austin will check in and talk about Kingdom Come Last Deliverance was probably the game that you were supposed to, or maybe it wasn't that one. Maybe it was something else because we did talk about that game on, on the podcast eventually. But it was some other appointment where it was like, oh, yeah, we're going to meet and talk about this thing. Uh, and it was like, oh, I can't get in touch with Rob. Is, is Rob okay? 
And yeah, and I was just and then like I started going through increasingly like more nightmare scenarios. Like where, like where, where is he? Like why wouldn't he just respond to a fucking text? I was like, do we need to get in touch with a significant other? Like find out. Like we need to we need to check in with Rob and like see where Rob is. And then just like later in the afternoon, he was just like, I'm here. And I was like, oh, cool. Like could have used that well, at, like nine in the morning. Well, Zach no. Me. So here's the thing. He did give it at nine in the morning to me, and I was so tired I forgot. And so. <laughs> Or like you know what it was? It was like it was, and not I was that, asking I, you. Like right, well, I the think thing is, we got to be didn't know where he was. You're like where is Rob? And like I don't know where he is. He didn't. I, I, from what I can tell, he didn't show up to this to this meetup for me. He didn't show up to this other appointment. I hope he's okay. But like in my mind, like I know he's not dead because he <laughs> talked to me this morning. But we were still having a conversation that was like. I don't know where he is because neither of us did know. Uh, and thankfully, the answer is getting rest that he needed <laughs> um, and was fine. And then just was fine. That, that would be a nightmare. A nightmare for a real nightmare would definitely be uh, a health crisis or like an accident or um, some sort of like anything that would be like uh, that would hurt anyone I care about. You know, yeah. not, not so much. They didn't announce mech souls, which I don't think they're going to do anyway. Oh. You know, it was an odd, like, it was weird when I saw Patrick later that day and he's looking at me like I'd returned from the dead. Like, he's giving that look of, like, oh, man, this person, like, has survived a near-death experience. When for me, like, the way this went down was I was, like, dead on my feet, exhausted, feet, exhausted the night before. I drove home. I crashed into bed. I woke up at, like, nine fifteen, nine thirty. 9.30, texted Austin. Yep. And then I was like, I'm going to be late for my 1030. That was my first appointment that day. And so I had to reschedule that. And then I booked it down to E3. And then I had like a half-charged phone that I think I was like powering on and off because like it was so little charge because I'd forgotten to put it on. That like I was basically just trying to stretch a like a sliver's worth of battery for an entire day of E3. <laughs> right. Um, and so like... Once you know, once you're in your E3 schedule, it's really easy to also just kind of go dark and go yes. from thing to thing to thing to thing. And so later, sort of when I resurfaced, and everyone's like, "Where the fuck were you?" I'm like, "Uh, I mean, pretty much the same schedule as yesterday. Like just going to just going to meetings. I slept in a little." Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, I, I guess on the more mundane front, there are those sorts of like worst case scenarios of sleeping in or of um, like, you know, these are nowhere near breeding or I think my friend is hurt. But um, <laughs> yeah. here's one that has happened to me is like you go into a, a demo for a game and you're the only one in the demo and you can tell immediately the game is not going to do well or that it's not where it needs to be. <gasps> and the person there cares about it a great deal. And has worked really hard on it. I and have a specific one. For saying, that. what is yours? Okay. 
There was a game, and I actually played it later in life, and it was kind of fun, but there was a game where they actively were so dejected by the response oh of God. people. This is something, actually, believe it or not, Tom Chick of uh, 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 Quarter to Three fame uh, described this once upon a time, uh, but we were there. It was a game that you sort of physically, I think it was like a very early Connect game, uh, where you were walking through basically a haunted house scenario. I don't remember the name of the game. It was not very good. Uh, but they had a fog machine that they had in this little booth to okay. sort of create atmosphere. All right. Um, like for this game. And by the end of the day, they turned it off oh. because they were so dejected oh. by like people's n very lukewarm response to their not amazing game. And you could, like, still smell the fog machine. Yeah. And it was, like, turned off in the corner. And it was very, like, oh, buddy. Yeah, oh. that's a bummer. <laughs> I um, I had a demo of of Agents of Mayhem last oh. year or the year before. Oh. So Austin, you me, you and me both. I, oh. Did we have that same – we weren't in the I, same group. Not, I the same, no, okay. not in the same demo, <laughs> but, like, this is, the, this is the one that started with, like, a 30-minute PowerPoint presentation mm -hmm. about the game. Mm -hmm. And then oh. – uh, you then the game loaded up, and within like thirty seconds, you were like, "No." Yeah. Uh, and, and, so and for me, even worse, I had passed. I had booked this demo, and I don't like. Sometimes you got to cancel things, but like if I made a commitment to yep. you know to go see something, uh, you know I, I'm going to roll the dice, and I generally wanted to see that game because me I too. liked a lot of the Saints Row games. But I was here for. I was like, uh, the, for what I'm seeing, this doesn't look great, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. But I had passed on a friend of mine that works at Nintendo saying, like, hey, if you want to sneak in and come play, like, 45 minutes of Breath of the Wild, like, we'll just get oh. you in to go play it. And I was like, uh, yes, but, like, I, I have this demo, and maybe it'll – my hope was, oh, I'll get in for a 30-minute hands-on. Like, mm -hmm. I'll just do it for 10 minutes and say, I'm sorry, like, I'll, and I'll excuse myself. And then I got stuck in this 30-minute presentation, and then – someone hovering over my shoulder while playing the game. And I just, I felt locked in in a way of like, I have to just ride this out and like pretend I'm interested. And yeah, it was, we, it was, it was actually uncomfortable. Cause like immediately I knew like this game is not particularly good. They're not going to save this in the next year and a half. They're going to work right. on this game. Uh, and which was demonstrated by the game that I did play when, when, it, when it came out. Um, it was, it was not fundamentally different than. So I got I that, played. I got that presentation and then I got, a like, all right, you can just hang out and play for like any amount of time. Um, and it gave me the controller, and it was like open ended, and it was just like, go ahead and play, do whatever. And I was there with a story writer or a character writer. Um, and I mean, this is the second half of this question: is like, what are your best tech techniques for dealing with situations like this? Like, I was playing it, and I could tell the feel wasn't quite there, and I knew that I don't, I didn't think that the that the narrative stuff was where was was a thing that people would respond well to. You know, there were things there that I thought worked. There were jokes every once in a while that I thought worked, but by and large, I don't think it was hitting its stride. But my technique for handling a situation like that is like, whoever is there presenting the game, especially if they're on the dev team, has a million interesting stories and perspectives on the thing that they've put all this time into and just like have a conversation about that um I, it, it you know i think a lot about in in academia there's a lot of stress around uh, kind of presentations of your work and like um you know whether that's your dissertation defense or 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 you know even just presenting something at the end of a semester um the thing that I always try to remember whenever I was doing something like that was like, oh, this is my field of interest this is me I know this stuff and I'm actually super excited to to 
to talk about it. And that's the case with developers who have spent a lot of time on their games. And so, like, if you can get them out of pitch mode and get them out of, like, trying to explain to you why people should buy this game and get them talking about problems that they solved and interesting, uh, you know, speed bumps on the road to development and how they figured out this character or this special ability or what their favorite build is. You can get them animated and excited in a way that can bring energy to something that you're not necessarily again you know okay this game i'm playing this game this game isn't for me i don't know this game is going to find a big audience i don't even know that i have a particularly interesting angle to talk about it later one you can find one of those angles by having a, a genuine connection and a genuine conversation with the other person and two you could just make that whole experience so much brighter by basically bringing that person and you know bring them around the table and having them sit next to you in a sense you know metaphorically instead of sitting yep. uh, across from you you know turning it from an interrogation into a conversation um so that's my advice to escape that particular <laughs> that particular it can be hard when you're just stuck with some of the, the other things can happen there you're like oh hey i have a question they're like uh yeah i just got put on this uh i don't know i'm a pr person who doesn't know this game at all sorry uh but even then it's like well how how's your partner you know it's like try to yeah. find conversation <laughs> try to talk to people uh any other any other worst case scenarios from e3 um, I just don't want to like have a medical emergency yeah, on the yeah, show floor. Yeah. I like literally talked about this to my therapist the other day. I was like, I'm very afraid of having a panic attack on the show floor, and then fifty thousand people see me like looking ridiculous. But I also <laughs> said, well, I'll just text Rob, and he can like put me on his shoulder there you go. and walk out. Exactly, so. it'll be great. It'll be fine. I volunteered you, Rob. If his phone is on. Jesus. If it's floating, that's it true. Rob, can I just make sure you charge your phone? This time? Uh, actually, today I'm running batteries. out. I'm getting a battery back yes, up. Same. Uh, okay, like, nice. I'm going to go to Best Buy and be like, what is the most lavish USB battery pack? <laughs> you'll wear it. You'll be wearing it like a stole. Like a just, laser tag. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, like a laser yeah. tag vest. Yeah. yeah. God. Uh, okay, so I've got a couple uh, little little scenarios that I'd like you to contemplate. Three. <laughs> Scenario one. You've recently changed jobs. At your old job, there was a problematic coworker with you, ha- <gasps> with whom you had a notoriously bad uh-huh. relationship. Oh no! You're at E3 doing your new job. You departed your old job under good terms. Your coworker did not. Oh no! You are now forced to deal with each other in a fucking demo booth because they are working oh, for someone at E3. And so you run into basically like your old office nemesis, and now you just have to pretend that all that history is like dead and gone. But it was basically last week. (sighs) And on the one hand, you're dealing with the pettiness of like, I want to continue this vendetta. But at the same time, you're also undeniably both in different positions in your life. And that old like dynamic and power, power relationship is gone. And so, at the same time, your feud now seems preposterous, and so you are just thrown into this, like, complete state of emotional confusion while you're attempting to focus on the mediocre game they are showing you. God. Uh, (laughs) Scenario two, you are in a very small demo for an RPG, and it is the stereotypical, like, we're making a hardcore RPG for real RPG fans. This oh is not a baby game. Let us show you the many features this game has. They kill a monster. A crate <laughs> appears. They're like, in that crate, there is loot. This is one of the features of our game. Oh. We have the best of loot. 
Do you like loot? We have so much loot. This is what separates us from other RPGs on the market. Many times when you kill an enemy, they will drop these crates and you get good loot from them. Any questions? Oh my god. <laughs> do you have a t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, do you, do you have a t-shirt that just says that? Like, Do you have a, a crate t-shirt that I could wear, please? I want swag. <laughs> Uh, but like truly one of the most awkward scenarios I was in was, um, again, this, this, I think was at GDC actually, it might've been at E3, but like it was in one of those, it's not a full booth. It's in one of those like expo areas where people are basically just set up like tables and stands, uh, to show off their games. So it's like a lot of indie stuff ends up there. A lot of like smaller publisher stuff ends up there. There was this game, and we specific here, uh, because it stands out in my mind. And it is like if you look it up, it is just vivid uh, trash. It's a game called Blue Estate, which is a rail shooter based on some like line of comics that I certainly have never oh. come across. <laughs> it all makes sense now. I remember this game. Yeah, I remember uh-huh. this game. There are only two of us at this appointment. It's me <laughs> and a young woman working for IGN. I don't remember which reporter it was. Uh, all, all I was aware of is, uh, here's a young woman. I became increasingly aware of that as oh, no. the in, like incredibly misogynistic trailer and gameplay reel unfolds in front of us, oh. which is just like, isn't it like... You know, standard like violence against uh, sex workers and strippers. You know, standard um, stuff. Just yeah, standard, standard video usual. game bullshit. You know. Yeah, ex- exactly. Fuck. Like it, it's very much like um. Oh god, what was that one? Um. Ah, oh, it was made with the Unreal Engine, the really ultra violent, um, like run up high scores. Uh, Bulletstorm. Yeah, Bulletstorm. It was like that, but even dumber and meaner. Okay. Um, and so, like, they're just they're just running through all this, and it's just like it looks like a terrible game. It's a rail shooter for Christ's sake. It's like right. 2012, and they're like, yeah, here it's basically a light gun game, but no, we don't. But no light we don't gun, have a light right? gun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here's here's your here's your here's your uh, here's your game pad. Uh, but anyway, so they finish their presentation, and the, the the guy giving the presentation is like has no. It's one of those things where, like, you're watching this thing, you're like, somebody should feel ashamed of this, right? Like, at some point, he needs to be aware of how incredibly offensive and alienating this is to begin with, but also, perhaps the presence of a uh, young woman reporter should really drive that home, and you can see sort of the frozen mask she's currently wearing as she's trying to get through this meeting. But no, he's, like, incredibly high on his supply. He's like, this game oh, is so boy. funny. This is one of my favorite parts. We have we have a mechanic where you have to brush your hair out of the uh, out, out of your character's eyes. It's great. You just you just sweep up with the with the joystick. Isn't that cute? Uh, and then he's like, "So you guys want to play it?" And immediately, like, she just like turns to me with a smile and is like, uh, "I prefer to watch games like this, uh, but but you should play it. Uh, you should play it, and I'll just I'll just watch from back here." And like she, like she didn't want to touch it, and so I had to, like, I had to, like, commit myself to this. And like, she's basically gone over my shoulder. Like, once I start playing, like, it's she's like, oh, I got another appointment. Yeah, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. And then yeah. he, like, he's got me, and he's like, 
Okay, well, more time for us to talk then. And uh, you can just ask oh. me any questions you have about this. So you had the thing which is like, you can't do my technique on that game, or uh, on that scenario, because that game looks terrible. Like, not just like, oh, this isn't going to work, but like, bad, and you have bad thoughts about it. Yeah. You don't want to know how he how how that team land. I mean, maybe you do out of a curiosity, how did you wind up here? But... Uh, yeah, and the, yeah, and the person demoing it had that vibe of like... The person in the comic book shop who reads the books that shouldn't be printed and is really super into them and <laughs> wants to like corner you on them. Like he even what he even came across that sort of way. And so it was just one of the like most skin crawling encounters. Yeah. Uh, like give me give me the loot guys any day. You know what right. I mean? Like right. they're just yeah. delusional. They think that they've invented like loot tables or they're like, you know, that that is their uh unique selling point for their RPG. This guy's unique selling point is like, <laughs> look at that look at that fat mermaid in this fishbowl. Oh, you can Christ. shoot the ball. Oh, cool. Great. Uh all right. Let's go somewhere lighter. How about that? How about that? Okay. We well, you got a question, same question in from kind of two people. Slightly different, I guess. Slightly different. But Katie on on uh Twitter says, What are your three favorite words to start with the letter E? And Michael from Boston writes in to say, Hello, Waypoint Radio Crew. Here's a question about E three. If you could make the three E stand for anything, what would it be? <laughs> Thanks. Which are slightly different questions, but I'm I'm pairing them together. <laughs> three favorite hmm. E words. <clears throat> Oh, everyone! I like eat. electronic as a word. What could everyone eat? Eggs. No, I mean eggs are good. Eggs are good. It got me entrails. No, what? I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, <laughs> what? Everyone eating. Look, I've been, I've been doing this agony video review. Okay, there's been a lot of entrails. That's true. That's true. Food with e words. Ed- Enchiladas? Edamame. Either of those I'm good with. Yeah. E-food. Everyone eating e-food. E-food is my new blockchain solution to the food problem. Oh, no. (laughs) For a long time, people have wondered, what is eating? And now, finally, I have an answer. E-food. What is eating? Every time you eat, you'll be rewarded by our algorithm, and you'll acquire... Food bits. <laughs> or what we like to call food bees. <laughs> uh, honestly, like, my my dream scenario for this is E3 becomes the Eastern Electronic Expo. Ooh. Um, and it's based out of Boston. That's that's oh, my dream okay. scenario. Like, Not Japan, not Russia, not like the... No? Not like East, no? Okay, not Eastern Europe. That's not bad, yeah. Just Boston. Oh, wait. Uh-huh, see? Wait, hold on, you got me with the last one. Uh-huh, Eastern Europe, let's go. Eastern okay. European Expo! There it is. Um, I think that's called Gamescom. Yeah, oh, you're, you're right. right, that is called Gamescom. <laughs> they already have that one. No, but I they want a small it. one. It. Like, like, just a small one, though. Gamescom's too much. <laughs> I, basically, I want the Stalker Expo. Yeah, I don't Here think are all the games the Stalker is, has inspired. Fair. Excellent. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, I'm trying to think of a Tarkovsky E for for your stalker thing. Um, wait, excellent Tar- Tarkovsky with an what? E no. at the end. No, come boo. on, come boo. fine, boo, fine, good hustle, but boo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's like somebody cranking up the difficulty on Dance Dance and just like they just stand there as the arrows go by. Alright, I got one. Dance, (laughs) dance, revolution, and it's just the E's are all capitalized. The same joke that Danielle just made. Isn't that good? Yeah. Um, alright. Let's keep moving. We're bad at E words, apparently. (laughs) Uh, This one comes in from Riley on Twitter who says, what is your longest shot hope for each press conference? You know, let's not do each because there are about a billion press conferences. But yeah. what is your longest shot? And just as a reminder of all of the different press conferences <laughs> now, uh, what do we have? We have Microsoft, Sony, Ubisoft, uh, Nintendo Direct, Devolver, um, Bethesda, Bethesda, Square Enix, um, the PC Gaming Show. Oh yeah, I think that that's the list. I think EA. Longest shot. Okay, so uh, he, uh, Jason Schreier at Kotaku, ha- I guess, uh, I don't know where this happened, but uh, in a comment thread about um, speculation over uh, Shadows Die Twice, uh, the uh, re- revealed from software game at the Game Awards last December, which we don't know much about and where it fits and what the context is um, of that game. Um, but he, ha- I guess he apparently had said, like, the publisher will, will surprise people. And so then in my mind, I was thinking, well, who like would be surprising? And then I was like, oh, like maybe like Konami would be like a surprise publisher. And then I was thinking, like, what if From Software made a new Silent Hills game? <laughs> oh, that would be. Like, I'm trying to think like who would be interesting to like who would be able right. to in a moment wipe away all of the anger over PT. Yeah. And like a studio like From Software saying we're going to return to Silent Hill and we're going to you know bring our expertise and our our thoughtfulness to that like from software the way they do cryptic storytelling like every almost everything about them in in the way that uh silent hill has always had horrible combat and yet always had combat Uh um and their design their designs are always monstrous and grotesque they i'm sure that they uh are are the kind of studio that could like incorporate this sort of like uh fleshy uh, the body horror tone of of Silent Hill. So, like in my mind, I, I it's probably not true that Shadows Die Twice could secretly be a Silent Hill game. But my long shot, like wild out there, like desire is that that was all a charade, and actually, From Software is making a Silent Hill reboot. Shadow for starts Konami. with an SH, you know. Sure. Yep. So. And, that tra- and that trailer was like fleshy and weird. So yeah, and you know, you know? Shad- like si- shadows die twice. Like we already did. We tried to do Silent Hills and it failed, <laughs> and so now we're gonna try it again, and it's probably gonna fail again a second time. <laughs> you know, so, shadows die twice. That's my. That's that. That's as I was trying to. I thought that one raced through my head for a hot minute last night, and so I that's think that's pretty the, good. That's, that's the one. pretty good. He, uh, Jason Schreier, said that on Spill. Not, there's two Kotaku podcasts, and I'm getting their names confused. Uh, split Screen is the Schreier Hamilton one, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That is correct. Um, so, yeah, that that is where he said that. Uh, any other hopes from these big press conferences? Uh, I know I'm going to get some kind of Prey something. Yeah, you're definitely which makes a, me a very billion happy. percent getting. That's like DLC. That's going to be like Prey 1 yeah. new DLC. That's not, you don't right? get, that's not, that's not, that we know that's happening. That's, no, 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 get, I know. I'm saying, I know I'm going to get something, okay. which makes me very happy, but... Another full prey, which I know won't happen. That would ever. be a big surprise. You know, I don't rule anything. It might happen. It might happen company. one day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be happy with DLC. I'm not saying I won't be. Oh, I'm thrilled. Hollowed out at this point, right? 
Uh, I would. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't. I say would that. not say that either. I hear okay. both of those teams are rapidly prototyping. But that's various is, 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 sorts is, of is games. very. They have they have repurposed them and they're working on new stuff. Yes, but it's no longer the the Harvey Smith, Raphael, Colantonio. Um, so I think I thought I heard Raphael left, but is Harvey gone too? Did Harvey? No, dance? I haven't heard. I haven't heard that Harvey's left. No, I, I think mean, Harvey that, is still there, isn't he? Yeah. Um. I, either I'm way, even, like that. That's yeah. they, they are. They they are. They are. Putting those studios on new projects and figuring that stuff out, so they're yes. those, those, guys, the, yes. those teams are not going away. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I have a good one. If I have a good thing that I would love to see that isn't just going back to the well with like oh, Mecha Soul <laughs> another game. From, another another from from software software thing. Um, <laughs> you know, I I the the my longest shop hope is that I leave Anthem feeling like super good, uh, but that's not that's not even a conference thing. Um. I mean that'll be at EA, but you know that's that's I'm I'm more concerned with a hands-on time with that at this point. Is uh, uh, like any long shot like strategy stuff? Like I'm trying to think. Like would 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 if would you, long shot you come out thinking you want to play Gears of War tactics? No, I don't. Because I mean it's going to be that there that's like that's one of the main rumors from Microsoft. So there's multiple Gears games coming, and like I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I know. It's, but like, what if you did? Like, what if Gears XCOM? No, like I don't know. I don't care about that world enough. I mean, I guess I could imagine an aesthetic that brought me back in, but like, I just don't want to play that world. Like that, the world is beautiful. The world itself has always been beautiful, but I don't like. I'm the just saying, it's a, it's a long shot. It's yeah. a long shot that right. you would that like Gears of War You're tactics. Right. That's fair. Um, what if it's like? What if? What if? Oh, here's a mm, long shot. Alan Wake Two. We know Remedy oh. is doing something. Right? Dino Remedy That's is doing something. Um, mm. It's it's likely to be announced at at E3. Yeah, um, they called it like Project Seven or something, and they have said it's narrative focused. Yeah, um, um, but we don't know what that means. Um, we don't know like what the scope of that is going to, to be. be. Yeah, it probably yeah. won't have a bad television show attached to it. That would be great, much. honestly. Oh. If it didn't do that, that'd be cool. I mean, I don't know, Rob, you were big on Quantum Break, right? I think it's fascinating. It's- yeah, I didn't, I, I, <laughs> no, it, it totally. No, Rob is Rob is right. I played this game a couple of years back when it uh, came to Steam, and it is. Yeah, it's not Alan Wake, but like it, if you are, if you like Remedy's shit, you one hundred percent should play Quantum Break. Man, it, and the way the TV show doesn't relate to the game at all. No, it's so that. awful. <laughs> I skip. I actually started just skipping those sequences. Wow, because they did were you? Worthless. They were worthless. Wait, you didn't like watching uh, Carcetti and. Uh, God, what, uh, sorry. What's the what's the lieutenant's name? Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you didn't you didn't but, like yeah. the, you didn't watching the, uh, the like watching the wire reprise. <laughs> <laughs> like what if what if these guys what if, what if it was the wire but really budget sci-fi? <laughs> I mean, um, what, I, that does sound like a good pitch. Unfortunately, Quantum Break did not <laughs> allow yeah. that to pan out. So I think I figured it out. I figured out what I want. Here it is, Ubisoft. Halfway through the show, this is only a half of a joke. Clint Hawking comes on stage because he's back there now, right? He rejoined Rain Man. Far Cry <laughs> Two Two. Oh boy! Uh, but no, but actually, what Far is Far Cry Clint- Two Two? Far, yeah, Far Cry Two Two. No, okay. it's it's just what is Clint Hawking working on? I want to see what Clint, who was the creative director on Far Cry Two, I believe he was creative director. He was at least a designer on it. Uh, 
would be I want to know what his project is. Like he yeah, he has specifically said I believe when he joined that like I he wasn't interested in Splinter Cell. Like yes. he like I think came yes. out up front and said that, that that's and not what he was coming back to do, which would have been kind of disappointing to just go back and make well, it like, on, I want him to it depends it's on what been that what like project is. like 7 years since sure. he's published a game. Yes, it's been way too long since he's published a game. Uh I think the he's last He's worked on one, like two different major projects that just didn't like pan out one at Amazon and one at uh, Lucas. 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 Yeah, Lucas yeah. Arts. Yeah. So I mean, he went to he went to Lucas Arts. He left UB to go to, to Lucas Arts, and left Lucas Arts to go to um, Amazon. Or did he go into Valve? He went to Valve uh, for a little while. Yes, Amazon, right? and then he but went he to Amazon a, after Amazon, that. where pe- where people go to get paid a lot and work on a project that will never ship. That we'll never see <laughs> ever. Um, but here's my pitch. We we do believe that there is a Splinter Cell coming. It was part of the Walmart leak. We know that they got um, what's the, what's Sam Fisher's actor's name again? Uh, oh, but he yeah he was in a DLC for, for Iron Sides. Iron Sides, Michael Iron Sides. Yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 no one believes that they got him. They they got Michael Iron Sides to do like seven lines or whatever for the Wildlands DLC. Um. What I want is a sequel to Metal Gear Solid Five, directed by Clint Hawking. That is oh. open world <laughs> Splinter Cell. Uh, that is I at, mean, the like, Ubisoft, at the Ubisoft press conference. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I mean, not actually Metal Gear Solid, but I'm saying like conceptually, uh-huh. the next Splinter Cell is an open world stealth action game in the vein of Metal Gear Solid Five uh, that extends that genre the same way that Metal Gear Solid Five extended the Far Cry Two genre. You know, um, and that that's it. That's what my hope would be for that project. I don't want a level based stealth action game at this point. Do you know what I mean? I don't want just like I mean, I guess I would play that game if the levels were really good, right? But I want I want Clint working in and then Clint's team working in that same space, um, especially given how did you all see that clip from that DLC? There's a really good moment in which Michael Ironside's uh, uh, Sam Sam Fisher is basically being told he's the last of his kind, and he literally name drops Snake, or he doesn't yeah. actually use the name, but it's he's really, like, yeah. "What about it's the guy?" Really good. Yeah, he's like, "What about the guy with the bandana?" And and his like handler is like, "Ah, uh, yeah." he's gone too and he's like shit it really is only me and it's a really <laughs> good moment and like i know we have lots of like old dad games at this point uh and so whatever that is but a deeply silly i'm sorry that is a deeply silly clip like watching it it's very good like, i love he, it sam fisher looks surprised that he's in this game like yes <laughs> he's also shocked by the news that like uh, the guy with the bandana dead. is gone, but he is also stunned that he's in Wildlands. Like, literally, it's like he wandered onto the set. <laughs> yeah, And true. it's like, oh, great, great, we're just gonna, you know what, just just riff with it. Yes and, right? Yep, eh. yep. Uh, so there you go, that's my hope. That's my, that's my long shot. Any other long shots? Rob, come on. You gotta get, dig, dig, Rob. Alright. It's the Electronic Arts Conference. Okay, well, we already have to stop right there, because no one said the words electronic arts on a stage in yeah. 15 years. And, well, hold on, though. Uh-oh. The electronic arts, like, logo comes up, followed by the old LucasArts logo. Ooh. And then the sound of a TIE fighter going past. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. like, the, right. like the old sure. sound check, uh-huh. the old iMuse sound check and everything like that, you know. We've heard you. We understand that, you know, we're not living up to the legacy of the Star Wars license and the Star Wars games. And that's why in 2019, we're bringing back TIE Fighter. Yeah, I'd be here for it. 
Yep. Um, what if it was that, and also it was set in the fictional world of that dope anime TIE fighter oh, video yeah. that went around Shit, recently? yes. Or not recently, it's been that a few like years, years now. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> my my mind is not great. Uh, people should good. look up TIE fighter short film, if you, uh, if you, or TIE fighter remastered Star Wars anime, just TIE fighter anime. It's a dope, like, seven minute anime sequence about TIE fighter. The and just like... All oh, agree so that there's a real love for the aesthetics of fascism in that in that short film. Oh, right? it's it's bad. It's, <laughs> it's it's not. I mean, that's just that's just Tie Fighter. That's just that's just the fucking Star Wars. You know, it's bad out there for the for the Empire. That people look like fascists. They are fascists. Hey, question. All right, so follow up on this in this dream scenario. So EA is not going to make that game, right? Like this right. is going to be oh, yeah, like no. an outside collaboration. Uh, so to take the dream further, like who who makes that game? Well, they bring Lawrence Holland out of retirement, right? Like, <laughs> okay, well, okay, but who's making like like legitimately because like, studio, like them yeah. making a Tie Fighter game is not actually like yeah. like that's not totally uh, outside the realm of possibility. Like who makes that game in twenty eighteen? Gosh. Mm, that is a tough one, cause like I think I, Frontier who? maybe. Mm, hmm. Yeah, a, Frontiers. But Elite is so simmy though. Yeah, but they could do they could do arcadey. They could. They They're could. capable of it, and right? more than that, what Elite has is the ability to like immerse you in the idea of like yes. living and control, like living in a. Uh, sci-fi universe and like controlling a physical ship like an important thing that yeah uh, i think the old like uh is ralph mcquarrie like designs for um for star wars right yeah um like an important thing about that sort of modeling and and uh creation that those those teams did is like it was very easy to to have like almost like a tactile relationship with star wars shit like you can imagine Mm -hmm. how it felt how it like worked how, how what it was like to live with interact with um, and I think that is something like Frontier is actually very good at evoking uh, in, in their game. So I could totally see them being yeah. a studio that could execute on that. Also, if the um, the Star Citizen team can be producing 30 games at once, then Frontier can do a couple. I guess Frontier is Frontier <laughs> also doing this Jurassic Park game right yeah. now. So, yeah, you know, they're finished their ship that then they're going to work on TIE Fighter. Love it. OK, love it. Yeah, that's good. All right. Patrick, did you say yours? I know Danielle. You said yeah, Prey Silent Two Hill. Two, Silent Hill. Prey Two Two. Prey Two Two. Far Cry Two Two for me. Silent Hill Two Two <laughs> from Patrick. <laughs> uh, and and Tie and Fighter Two Two. Yeah, got we got it. all the two twos. Got yeah. all the two twos. Love it. All right, this one comes in from username on Twitter. Born to die. World is a fuck. Uh, is E three <laughs> fun? Question mark. Hmm. Yes and no. What's fun about it? What's fun about it uh, for me is seeing all of you and getting to spend time with my whole team because we don't get to do that very often. You know, that's like a couple times a year. So that's super fun. That's nice. Uh, And and there's a sort of element of the not fun part feeding into the fun part, which is, (laughs) you know, after a couple of days, everybody's very tired. Yeah. And we're all kind of like in the trenches together a little bit. And there's like a camaraderie about that. And that's not just us. It's also any other sort of like. Our friends, like, so, like, we see our friends from Polygon, we see our friends who might work as developers, and you're all just like, how you doing, man? Like, there's this sort of, like, almost joyful complaining about it that's actually almost a little bit fun uh, in a very bizarre way. And also, yeah, there usually are at least a couple of games that I, 
and like head over heels. This is why I love games. Just like, you know, when Donkey Kong Country Returns was announced and I whooped right. and uh, nobody else did, but I don't care. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's totally the fun of it for me is seeing people. And I don't know. I think I've said this before, but like I definitely am. I can be a workaholic. And yep. <laughs> E3 is one of the times of the year where that workaholism pays off instead of just being a bad thing. Um, <laughs> instead of just being a thing that like has lots of costs with, with like a long-term bigger cost. Like you can get a little bit of a gain from being a workaholic, but you mostly get negatives. At E3, like I'm in my fucking mode. I'm in my zone. I love being pushed to the brink like that. The same reason I do well on like marathon streams and stuff like that is just – it opens me up as a person and I find a way to be a little smarter and a little funnier and a little more, um, I'm trying to think of like a little more on my game when I'm in the mode for longer. I'm still sleeping. You know what I mean? I'm so, I tend to still get a lot of sleep at E3. I, I you know, what, what, what's a lot for you? Well, let's, that's the thing, right? It's like, clear. I already don't sleep that much. Yeah, exactly. Now. I've been, tra- I train all year for E3. <laughs> exactly. I get up to E3, I get to sleep for six, seven hours. You kidding me? Forget about it. You know, this is your tournament. This is, this is, this is how is I how like I approach do. like tournaments. <laughs> really what it is. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's about being in the on mode, like for multiple days in a row to where I get over the hump of hating being on and then just being in it. And like, it's sort of like how the best parts of any podcast are like 30 minutes to an hour in where like you or any roundtable podcast like this, where it's like, Oh, they've loosened up and everyone's just like in their mode. I just get in that mode. and I love being in that mode. And then I love seeing people. And I really love seeing people who are passionate about their projects and I feed off of that energy. Um, I love meeting people who like don't have a booth and who are like, yo, let me just open up my laptop real quick. Yeah. Like meet me in the lobby. I want to show you this cool thing. You know, um, that stuff is, is so exciting to me, uh, because people have worked so hard to get their project in a state where they want to show it, show you it and like where it's showable, you know? Um, it's one of the reasons why I really like PAX also, uh, compared to E3 is that there's lots more of that stuff. Um, but you know, you still find it here and there at E3. You still find the person who's like, Hey, can I show you my phone game really quick? Um, and as long as it's not like 30 of those and I'm not like on my way to go see CD Project Red, sorry, they're doing construction outside and just air horning. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Like it, it gives me a boost to see someone who's like, "Yo, just check out the the physics on this on this phone game I made or whatever," you know. So that's my that's my that part of it that is fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the I'm the uh, same way in terms of seeing people. I work from home and I hate it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's great. Uh, it's something I chose. It's given me all sorts of different benefits in my personal life, but uh, it's like very isolating and it's easy to become like cynical and sort of lost to your own thoughts and so like i i deeply appreciate the time to uh not only spend with my team but just like talk to other people like in person in general like that is just like a uh really fulfilling thing and uh personally but and also like i still get wrapped up in like getting hyped for like press conferences and stuff like that like it's nice to be reminded like this was a hobby that i turned into a career and like it's nice to be reminded about the hobby part and like the the fan part um, uh, and to, to realize that you can kind of get wrapped up and excited and surprised, you know, even as someone that like, you know, whose job is to be a reporter and to learn things that they're not supposed to know and, and things like that. But, um, like I still get excited when like a press conference starts and I'm like, I don't, 
Like, I don't know what's going to be shown. Like Even I, this I, year, even this year, the year of Leak 3, there are still some things we every, do not every, know. It's every year. That's every it's, year. Like, I mean, like, a couple, yeah. just a couple of years ago when, like, RE7 was shown. Like, yeah. I had yeah. no idea that game was coming. I had no idea it was going to be this first-person reinvention. It was, like, every like it was everything I was hoping for and didn't know I wanted. And, like, when they just dropped, like, RE7 and it's coming out in six months, like, I did, like, a legitimate, like, oh! <laughs> oh! Like, I was a poster on Reddit. Like, I was like, oh! Oh! Like, in my house just like <laughs> screaming yeah um and it's it, it is nice to have those moments again because it does like for as as awful as many awful parts uh, as there are about games culture um like it's nice to be reminded and to go back to that place every once in a while and to like just be someone who's like excited to be surprised about you know the thing that you fell in love with so many years ago right rob how about you fun not fun what's fun <laughs> Rob? Rob? <laughs> Someone text Sorry. Rob. Yo. Hi. Hi. Is is E3 fun? Rob? Uh E3 is fun. I think I'm with Danielle in the um Misery Loves Company angle uh. of it as, as well. Like I mean what what I don't look forward to is the sheer amount like you can't believe how tired your feet and legs get from just like yep. standing around. Like that like by the end of by the end of E three, it really does feel like somebody has beaten the bottom bottoms of your feet with like like a giant meat tenderizer, basically. Like it hurts. It it sucks by the end. It does. Uh, it does. Getting back on that plane home is just like nothing left in the tank. Nothing at all left in that tank. Yeah. So But at the same time, like I totally am there with you, Austin. We're like, once you are sort of in it and you just have to keep moving forward. And in addition to the, like, it is fun seeing, like, the the great surprises are a joy. Catch it, like, hanging out with people you rarely get to see uh, is always fun. I actually really like Los Angeles, so um, I also just enjoy being at in one of what has now become, like, one of my home home cities. Um, I, I enjoy that. They were agreeing with you, too. I think. <laughs> um, but more than that, I think there is sort of a clarity and peacefulness that comes with being that fucking busy. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I think that's maybe what you were getting at, Austin. Just this idea of yeah, it's almost this tunnel vision where it's like, yep. oh, you like all those things that you most of your days you're thinking, oh, I should do this, this, and this, and this, and oh, I really need to do this. E three doesn't give you that luxury of like second guessing yourself or right. how you're spending your time it's lit it's it's very simple what time is your yeah. next appointment how long do you yeah. have do you need food or water do you need to go to the bathroom <laughs> those are your concerns and for a week uh even though it's like physically exhausting there is kind of a peacefulness that just comes from like not being allowed to get too scattered you just have to yeah. you know <laughs> keep on the moving moving walkway totally um, which is weird to think about that being fun, but but like you know, we live in the world of media, which means there's lots of chaos. There's lots of hey, like is our tech working today? Hey, are we able to sneak this thing in? Or am I going to get called into a meeting? Are you going to get is the, you know an edit going to take a little bit longer? Is an interview uh, subject not going to respond? Like there's lots of hanging on the seat of your pants for things that change at the last minute. And so to have a week where, like, we know what our schedules look like already, basically. You know, there's some, some fill-in-the-gaps for, like, when we want to meet up and, and do a quick chat or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. but beyond that, it's been it's pretty pretty straightforward. Um, all right, this one comes in from Justin, who says, E3 is a much maligned event for a lot of people for various reasons. What would you change about it? 
I mean, what's the malign part? I'm trying to figure out what's, uh, I think the, like, what's the... The malign part, I think, for, for a lot of people, like, I, we could just jump down to a later question, which is, like, hey, isn't E3 just a big advertisement? Like, isn't that, like, doesn't that get in the way of games sometimes? Um, and I can get that to a to a degree, for sure. I mean, I think it's why so many people spend so much time dunking on shit on Twitter all, all week, which is also, which can be very fun, and I know the snark can get annoying, but also sometimes someone does a fake esports thing on stage, and, like, oh. you can't help but snarking. Mm. <laughs> um, like, I think, like, that stuff is maligned. Like, there's a corniness that is maligned, and a, like often a sort of like in the process of trying to pitch to the widest possible audience um there is a feeling that that people are being left behind um that you don't always get like you don't always get to see who the people are who are making these games you often get lots of white dudes on stage talking uh you often get lots of like either very exploitative in the kind of filmic sense like big explosions and and hot bodies and like yeah. the the most kind of like mass culture pop culture america you know shit that that is like that can really fucking great you know um on top of having to see games like blue estate or whatever <laughs> um i think some of that has improved over the last few years i think we've we have seen more people of color and more women on stage the the numbers say the still are babes thing too say again uh but the booth babes thing too can be like totally annoying for some folks. For totally, sure. uh, you know, some people. Although apparently... it's, it's way, it's way different than yeah. it used to be. Yes. Like oh, I've, yeah. I've, got, I've been going to E three since you know ninety eight, and like the the the, the model situation is like radically. Totally. It may, fewer each it may, year. It may as well yeah. not exist relative to what it used to be. It is a space where someone in the military can say. Uh, you look good for breeding, and feel like that's an okay place to say that. So I guess maybe yeah. that dude probably would say that just about anywhere. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I'm not sure that's E3 specific. Uh, yeah. unfortunately, yeah, um, I think that dude is saying that all over. The but place. I think that yeah. the general commercial, the commercial side of it, right? Which is which I is. I mean, but it's it's a fucking marketing conference that right. we go to because we get access to games because that's just the nature of like this closed system that we live. Like, like yes, like like having like more uh people of color and women on stage like all that stuff is like we should criticize we should demand for more but like at the end of the day it's a fucking marketing conference and so like like other other avenues exist that are a little more personal and intimate and like can highlight that stuff but i don't know like i i have to i, I have trouble getting too up in arms over a lot of like the uh, sort of like presentation of e3 part because like that's just what it is. It's always been that way. And like the better way is not to demand that E3 gets better. It's like to create spaces that actually uh, represent games in ways that, you know, are, are more in line with what you would like to see. And I, you know, I think between like IndieCade and PAX and, and, and other, you know, PAX has its own problems. But like, uh, I think there are like more places than ever. Like E3 was a monolith. And that's like, that's not true anymore. It's a monolith for the announcement of big games because E3 was created as a way. To get a, get attention on cable channels and to get news attention when video games didn't demand the same sort of attention that they used to, and like that's basically like what now E three still exists as. It's a it's just a way to get a bunch of headlines uh, to collectively. Um, and like I, now there are lots of other spaces for games to be celebrated in ways that 
E3 is never going to do. I mean, I, I definitely get that sort of like, this is the thing it is perspective. But I, to push back a little bit, one, I think we're seeing E3 in flux. We know that E3 is going to continue to change over the next few years as it becomes a more public-focused event. Um, and so I think it's important to think about what, how to make sure that those changes are changes that we would like to see. Because if, if there's a, if they're going back to the drawing board to some degree anyway, why not try to address some of the shit, right? And so for me, one of the things that I think is an improvement is I look at the list of the talks happening at the E3 Coliseum. And there's shit here that I wish I had the time to go see. I don't because it's yeah. not how the, it's not how the conference is set up. I have to go see, you know, I have appointments and stuff, but you know, having a talk from the PUBG team, uh, explaining how they build a map, having a talk from uh, about accessibility in gaming. Like there are lots of really interesting uh, conversations that are going to happen on this this uh, on that stage. You know, and there's going to be lots of stuff that is just like here is an Assassin's Creed behind the scenes. Also, uh, like so, I, no doubt, I definitely get that. Um, but like having that space for people who make games and care about games to to talk about you know, immersive storytelling and, and to, to pitch their games in a less trailer focused way for me is a really useful thing. And obviously to some degree, some of these are things that would have been press focused things before, right? Like some of these are just going to be versions of behind closed doors, uh, events like the rage two presentation on Tuesday as part of the E3 Coliseum is probably going to look a lot like what that presentation looks like for people behind closed doors looking at Rage 2 or on the GameSpot stage or the IGN stage or whatever. But, you know, things like the music of Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, where Grant Kirkhope is going to get on stage and explain, uh, you know, talk about the developing that that sort of music is celebrating a part of gaming and digging a new part of gaming that a lot of – that would not have ever gotten – Thank you. See, they love horns out there. <laughs> They're really um, into it. You that, know? that would not have gotten attention uh, in the past at an event like E3. And so that is a step in the right direction for me. And, and it's a it's a way for, for E3 to continue to try to get – to be more comprehensive. Uh, if it's going to be a celebration of gaming, it's going to be a – it should be a, a pretty uh, – a much broader one. Um uh, and I think there's probably also something to say here about the the labor stuff, right? Um, yeah. It's never going to be a place where, I, you know, I don't know. We did get a great question in from Dan, who was like, will there be an E3? Uh, Dan, Dan Joseph over on Twitter uh, said, will we have E3 under socialism? If not, what type of terrible funeral should we have for it? Personally, I am in favor of floating E3 into the ocean, sinking, sinking it to the, become an artificial <laughs> reef, accompanied by a funeral dirge made up of, the, of combined Halo, Call of Duty, and Final French, uh, Final Final Fantasy uh, uh, late motifs. Um, <laughs> that's it right there. Thank you, construction workers. They're voting yes. Good. Agreed. They're agreed. into it. Agreed. Um, but no, but I, I think there will always be space for exhibitions, right? For like, hey, here are the cool things we're working on. Here are the things that we want attention for. Like, uh, there will continue to be a, a different type of economy of attention no matter what way our politics changes uh, and if the fucking Ontario elections last night said anything it will continue to go bad before they get good also um, remember that E3 is run by the ESA yes, the ESA is yes. a lobbying group that is like historically deeply conservative they like they the video game industry projects as liberal and progressive but then the policies they actually adopt are like you know, I'm going to get mine. Yep. And like the ESA has aligned themselves with the Trump administration like multiple times. And like the ESA runs E3. And so that's like, you're right. Like there are ways it can get better and be like uh, more interesting and more celebratory of, of like games and games culture. And, but also at the end of the day, like it's toxic, like at a certain root right. that 
like my expectations are just incredibly low. So like, yes, like my cynicism, like can probably be blunted a little bit. And like, there can always be like, you know, progress made, but also like it's run by the ESA and like, that's not going to change. Right. Um, I, you know, I'm, here's one. Uh, I would love to see more people who are able to run different types of events around E3 week, continue to figure out how to do that. Like Microsoft doesn't, it doesn't, isn't in the 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 building anymore. Devolver is across the street. Mixer is in the building, right? Mixer isn't. Sorry, Microsoft is <laughs> by way of Mixer, but all the Microsoft stuff is like un, across the street, just like Devolver is now. Um, and I don't know necessarily like that's as convenient as it could be for us, but also I'm in a very fuck the ESA mode uh, and think that there is that there is room for those spaces to feel different. E- obviously. Uh, EA is like across town this year. They're, they're not even next door where they were last year or the year before. Um, and so like for those big companies, like there is, there is to me, there is some degree of value of being like, all right, let me just go and deal with their stuff over here. And then I don't have to like walk, uh, through a billion people to go to my next appointment. I'd so much rather just be outside. It's LA. It's pretty. It's, it's good weather most of the time. Uh, I'm in New York where like it only gets hot and muggy. It doesn't get to be that there isn't like that kind of dry heat. And I, I like that. So get me outside more often, uh, E3. Um, give me some dry heat. Give me some dry heat. Oh, uh, here's an easy one. Patrick wants to know: Is this you, Patrick? Yeah, please. Uh, how is Waypoint? Uh, what do I, I want to know? How is how is Waypoint covering E3 this year? Great question. Good question. Podcasts, basically, yeah, ba- right? Basically, yep. yeah, yeah. That's the like. I mean, there may be editorial if somehow we feel the the, the desire or the 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 fever to put something out, but I you know I think our expectations are basically to do podcast for the week and then we'll follow that up with you know thoughts thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers uh, after the, e3 the week after um or the weeks after i guess yep uh yeah so well you, you should expect some podcasts on the evenings of the the major press conferences starting i guess starting is tomorrow ea tomorrow is ea right yeah tomorrow is ea so starting um, tomorrow wait so are uh-huh. i'm getting off a plane we... and we're podcasting uh-huh it's, e- it's E3, baby. We in it. Okay, that, sounds, that sounds legit. Um, <laughs> and then, are, we, are, we, are we streaming these podcasts? <laughs> we're going to see what we can do. We're going to see what, how the we're internet is in the Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, and if so, probably on Periscope. That's the, the kind of light lift version of this. We didn't bring out a whole video team. We decided this year to bring out the entire like core waypoint team instead of trying to figure out how to like pay for video producers and stuff beyond our own video producers like natalie and and danielle see big fans again yep see they love uh, us thank you i love this this production this uh this construction <laughs> crew loves us um yeah so it's gonna be the whole waypoint crew uh everyone will be there um and so we'll be doing podcasts and then probably some social video you know um i think uh danica and natalie are gonna be roaming with an an iphone stabilizer uh and maybe a boom mic to kind of be able to like stream us talking to each other and stuff around the, the e3 show floor and outside and, and blah 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 so just follow us on socials twitter.com slash waypoint and uh and and just like look you know subscribe stay subscribed to this feed where you will find a billion podcasts over the next week um i think there's any other ways we're also going to be over at the giant bomb uh seeing the giant bomb folks i think on wednesday night so look forward to that um, uh, I'll briefly be on kind of funnies like GameSpot stage cool. on Thursday afternoon, like three ish. I don't know. I'll tweet out when I'm supposed to be on there, but I'll be stopping by for like 10, 15 minutes. Cool. Any other, nice. any other people making any appearances on, on anything this coming week? 
Okay. Um, I don't think so. So yeah, I think that's that's <laughs> the basics of what it looks like. Uh, and then, as always, follow us all on Twitter. You'll see us tweeting again, snarkily or not, uh, here or there. Um, this one comes in from username. Um, let's see here. Now that's what I call John Hurt, Volume Three Twenty Three. <laughs> Mm-hmm. who says, what are your favorite types of minor announcements at E3? The kind that don't or won't make a splash, but was really, but were really cool to see uh, uh, when time is taken for them. So favorite minor... Uh, the kinds of games I like are tend to be those kinds of minor announcements that nobody you, else gets excited for. examples besides Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze? Yeah, um, let's see. I got very, very excited about, um, you know... God, sorry. I had something totally in my mind, and then it it it, it just like E three. It just it just ran me over. Like, uh, I'll, just... I'll I'll say like uh, some one of my favorite parts of E three, and this still exists even as like the amount of games that are shown at E three has shrunk. Um, is like the press conferences highlight like the really big stuff. Occasionally, you'll get like Microsoft, you know, showing off like a Below or or in the Blind Forest. Like they'll they'll do like nods to some of the, mm. the smaller uh, stuff or more independent work. But that stuff is usually on the show floor. It's just like t- you know, like tucked away in kiosks. Um, and so like I really enjoy like carving out time in my schedule, where it's like, all right, I'm just going to go like walk around like Microsoft and, and Sony and Nintendo like they often have like seas of booths right which ga- where, where these games didn't get any time other than like maybe a bullet point mentioned in a press release um but they're there and you can go play them and so I really enjoy like that time spent like finding finding that game that like wasn't uh like the big pitch but was actually something that you ended up like kind of like falling for like I know a couple was it maybe two years ago? Like Gravity Rush Two was like one right. of those games where like that game didn't get any play at Sony's press conference, and I went mm. and just like I just stumbled upon it while walking through their booth on the way to something else, and was just like captivated by the way it looked and played, and it was just like good. one of those games that I was trying telling people like, hey, like if you get time, like at least go look at it for five minutes. Yeah. Um. And so like that that part still happens at E3, and I, I enjoy trying to, in the same way of packs like trying to find like that one game. That I can that when people ask like what'd you see it's like well you, you can't go book an Assassin's Creed appointment but like here's a thing that like you could go to a booth and go play and and that I can point people towards that maybe didn't get the same sort of uh, labored attention totally Rob what about you what's your favorite type of minor E3 announcement uh it's a tough thing for me to like to come up with examples because literally the nature of a minor announcement is it tends not to stick in the mind, right? Um, like, I think for me, I tend to like I genuinely like hearing about little expansions uh, that are coming along to games that maybe didn't get a huge amount of attention, but like are continuing to be supported, right? Like stuff stuff like that I tend to enjoy. Um, but, but yeah, mostly I, I enjoy when passionate communities are being served, even when they aren't necessarily the biggest. Sure. Sorry. Totally. In a positive sense, not in a toxic, <laughs> uh, screaming <laughs> fandom, uh, sense. Uh, there's, there's an important distinction. <laughs> there's an important distinction yeah. there. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. Um, all right. Very important one next. This one's, this is a big one here. Which games is from Bryant? Which game series should team up with the Rabbids next? Oh boy. Nintendo, it's mm, Nintendo, it's the Nintendo Six. Direct Rainbow Six plus Rabbids. <laughs> wow. So it goes from like a tactics game to a tactical shooter. Mm hmm. Yes. Is it Rainbow Six Siege plus Rabbids or yeah. a different Rainbow Six? No, okay. 100% it's Siege. 
I suppose it's you just, could make like a door kickers type game with rabbits, but I you could. I think I would like ooh, that might be good. That might be good. I mean that that might be good. So my Rainbow Six Siege with rabbits, where it's just like the like a, the badass music is playing in slow motion. There's like bullet shells falling to the ground or casings falling to the ground. The like you see like the the uh, shield like the the siege shield or whatever uh, the riot shield and it zooms up and it's like. The person just like is built and like brolic and just like ready to go and covered in all the tactical black shit. And then it just like reveals rabbit face and he's like, or whatever the sound (laughs) rabbits make is, which I think is, Uh, and and like it was wacky. And then suddenly like pulls out a gun and it has like a, you know, whatever, like a a, a boxing glove on the front. And and they that one can shoot a boxing glove. That's the special move it has. It can shoot a boxing glove that stuns you or something, I guess. It's like a multi-use flashbang, but you have to shoot someone with it. It has to recharge. Anyway, like the whole, like the whole, like surprise of, of that game was not that it was good. Well, it, because it was good, <laughs> that was and, the like, surprise. In a, in, yeah, in a genre that you know the mashup that was unexpected. I'm trying to think like what the equivalent, like, I mean, strategy game like turn-based XCOMy strategy game like is pretty far out there already. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think like what's even deeper than that that would make me go. All right, like you pulled it off last time. Like I, I guess I can't doubt you a second time. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think like where, like, like uh, what's what's like the equivalent? Life is rabbits. Oh my god! It's the new oh, life is strange game. Oh my god! Life uh-huh. is rabbits. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it. I That's think it. I think some sort of like interactive adventure game touching on like teenage drama, uh-huh. uh, life and love and loss. Yep. Uh, it, okay. Yeah, the rabbits, rabbits are strange. Yeah, the rabbits within. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> sometimes you got to think about. Sometimes, sometimes life makes. Doesn't life sometimes make you feel a little rabid? <laughs> Question mark. See, because they're rabbits, don't, but they're also... Don't, don't Not is making like eight games right now, so <laughs> maybe they can actually work on this plot. They, they announced if another don't not, game today! If Don't Not and Ubisoft want to make a collaboration on like some sort of adventure game starring rabbits, fuck it, man. Let's like, go. All right. Let's go. I'm in. Ike. Ugh. Very good. Um, They're about to launch another expansion for that Rabbits game with Donkey Kong. So right, that looks good. Hell yeah! Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, not supposed. To, I mean, everything else has been good. So right, not, right. I won't be shocked. Um, another good question here from from um, Mike. I think it's a different Mike. Um, this may be better left for after the conference. But how would you categorize each of the main presentations on the McDonald's scale? Oh boy! All right, what's the McDonald's scale? Uh huh. Oh, you know. I think it's the thing that we use sometimes, I think. Okay. Which yeah. is, like, just the fries up to, like, Cheeseburger Deluxe, I oh, guess. Oh, no, no, no. The, w- no, oh, no, this you're is, saying the McDonald's chart. Yeah, this is That's black coffee. That's this not a scale. This is single black coffee. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I get it now, scale, though. though. Yeah, I see. It's not a scale. I think that might be what the question I understand, but I think that's what they mean, because we talk, you're right. we've talked that about it so many mean. times on streams. Yeah. That is that is what they mean. Um, yeah. All right, so then I think it's... Microsoft is we have food at home. Uh, and food is third-party games. <laughs> oh! <laughs> right? Because that's what we're going to yeah. see. That's my understanding. We're going to see a yeah. lot of third-party games. We're going to see a lot of... I mean, there'll be first-party games, but... Uh, Crackdown's delayed. We know that Crack, know, Crackdown 3 delayed to 2019. I know more about what Sony's going to show than what Microsoft's going to show. And so there is room for them to surprise me. Like, folks I have talked to that, like, usually have a pretty good understanding of, like... The first party showcases. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a there's a big kind of question mark over over Microsoft. Like I would uh, I I the prediction I was making with a a source of mine was um, as we were kind of like trying to think through uh, some of the stuff that he knew and what I had heard was. Um, Will Microsoft adopt the position that Sony has uh, done in the past, which is to be like very forward pitching? Like, so Sony, the way they have done their press conferences uh-huh. for a number of years, they've pulled back from this a lot, like in the last two years specifically. Um, they would show games, trailers for games that, like, yo, that's not coming out for like four fucking years. Yeah. Like, that game is not anywhere close. That is just a trailer for a game that is ha- in like pre production. Um, but like they would do that, they would get a lot of credit for like, oh my god, tra- the hype, like because they were showing things that like weren't anywhere near like a shipping state. Right. And Microsoft is traditionally, to their credit, like not engaged with that stuff as much, <laughs> largely because they don't have the games to show for it. Um, yeah. You know, like a Halo game is not necessarily going to like. There's no reason to show a Halo game three years in advance because that's not going to do anything for anyone. But like. If you like between what like Phil Spencer has said and what Microsoft has been talking about, like they have made the insinuation that they are putting a lot of investment in like big projects and acquisitions that uh, the kinds of things people like that's what Phil Spencer was telling me last year when I talked with him was like the kind of stuff people are looking for. We're we're doing it and it just takes time. And I wonder if this year they might choose to like like show a little bit of that stuff a little bit of like sony like hey this game is coming in like it'll say 2019 but like yo that game is actually probably 2020 um Mm. and try and get people excited in a way that they haven't in 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 the past like you'll still get your halos and your gears of wars and the call of duty demo and the destiny demo and whatever will all be at at microsoft Um, wait well i thought thought call of duty is now ps4 isn't it i guess yeah but you know what i mean like like the big sort of like third party stuff like we'll we'll end up there and i guess destiny would probably also be at sony because (laughs) they have that partnership yeah um but like all i'm saying is like the like you'll get your checkbox third party games that is going to be on everything so like what's the point of it being at at xbox right um and I think that maybe, like, would I be shocked if you saw, like, a teaser for a Fable game? Like, no. No, yeah, like, I think but, that'll be there. I think but also, I don't there. think that's enough, man. Like, no. like even no, if that need, game's no, awesome, no. like, you need, like, you need, like, a like a shock. So, like, hey. If From soft. Sh- if Shadow, yeah, not to go back to the well, but, if, like, if Shadows Die Twice turned out to be an Xbox exclusive in the way that Bloodborne was a, a PlayStation exclusive, like, that's the kind of game that would make people, like, sit up in their seat. Right. I actually think I just cracked Shadows Die Twice. I think. Okay. Yeah? That. Okay, so shadows, shadows die twice. Yeah, the second S in shadows slides over to be after the, the word dies, and it says shadow dies twice, and oh. it's a shadow the hedgehog sequel. Yes. <laughs> so they already did. They gave Shadow a gun, uh-huh. but now they're gonna now they're gonna really horror, reimagine horror action. Shadows. Shadow the hedgehog body horror. Sure. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Maybe from yeah, software. It's out Why there. Not? Let me tell you. So, uh, yeah. It's okay. So Microsoft, we have food at home. Where's Square Enix's McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. I played near. Right, has to be that. Um, it might be one Nintendo? of the only ones that I think is genuinely McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. Because like, yeah. I think everyone thinks they're McDonald's, McDonald's, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are actually. We have food at home in a very like look. You kind of expected this. <laughs> Here you go. And a few of them are, without really fully being cognizant of it, very black coffee. Yeah, they're very. That's true. Um, Nintendo might be black coffee. Yes, I was like, oh boy, I think yeah. so. Which isn't a bad thing. They just know what they're doing. There's going to be a 45 minute Nintendo Direct. We're probably going to see 
um, what, Smash, maybe something about Metroid. I mean, we saw that leak, that, that we saw that kiosk leak, mm-hmm. right? Um, There'll be a bunch of, yeah, like third-party, uh, like indie game indie partnerships games, that they're which doing. Which is super um, interesting to me. I think this year given... they're actually, we have food at home, though. Because, you like, think so? they're kind of on mm. top. Yeah, and fair. So, mm. And Smash, Smash is, like, just the safest yeah. fucking choice. I mean, it's what, you know, it, it, that series doesn't do anything for me, but just, like, fighting games don't do anything for me. But, like, oh, there's a new Smash, because, like, of course, and there's Pokemon, right? Like the Pokemon game that's like a remake of uh, Pokemon Yellow, but with some Pokemon Go mechanics. Like, yeah, but people is, hate that. That fandom hated that. They're still gonna buy it. Yeah, I know. Sorry, you're, you're not so, wrong. Uh, that, and they've already promised that they're making the real yes, game next year. Yes. So, like, they're serving both audiences. Um, like, it, the, like if that's like the and I, like, they'll be the Star Fox game, right? Probably. Probably. Like, what is that? I is that a Star Fox? They've said like it's Kart a heart, racer. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a heart, racing game. Yeah, I hope it's not like I like Mario Kart's fine, like, but it would bum me out if all that thing is is just like Star Fox racing. Like, yeah. I hope there's a little more meat on those bones than just Star Fox. All right, uh, but racing. if it's Diddy Kong racing style, which had like adventure elements right. and all sorts of right. other stuff, right. that yes, would be that's rad what, yes, as hell. And what if it also yeah, had the Star for. Fox style like branching pathway map thing, and you're doing yeah. like adventure shit on each planet? Along with your racing, I'm here for it. Related, cool. very briefly, I played the Sonic Team Racing thing that that uh, is I can now talk about uh, that was announced this week. It's called Team Sonic Racing. Uh, it oh, is yeah. the follow up from is that Sumo Digital? Yes, yeah, Sumo Digital uh, to their their ongoing or their previously uh, their previous series, which was Sonic All Star Sonic and All Stars Racing and Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. It is a like team based racing game. Um, which is to say you are – it's funny because I, when I say that, I think a lot of people think like, oh, that means you can switch characters on the fly. And no, it's like a team-based racing game where you're you're scored at the end of a race based on the placing of your entire team of racers. It's you and two other characters. So it's like Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, Shadow, Rouge, and the robot, ED Omega or whatever, ED2001, 102. I think this was like an Omega or a – or uh, Alpha, I don't fucking remember. In any case, he's an Alpha and an he's Omega. An alpha and an Omega, Gamma, <laughs> Gamma, Gamma. I think it's Gamma. Um, in any case, it's cool. There's lots of like drifting. You can tr- you can like uh, toss power ups between you. So if like, you have the if you have the equivalent of the blue shell or whatever, you can toss. But you're in the lead. You can toss it to another person on your team, which is neat. You know, you toss it like back in the ranks to to another player. Um, that's neat. Anyway, uh, that's my Sonic update. Uh-huh. I'm interested, but yeah, I definitely. Think I, I mean, I love those games, so of totally. I'm interested. I, I agree with you. I think I think Nintendo. That's a good a good analysis. We have food at home for Nintendo. Sony feels black coffee to me because they've said what's going to be on that stage, and we have a pretty good idea of what's going to be on that stage. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get. Okay, you know, I don't want to over over promise, but I, I wouldn't get excited for like some major surprise. I, I think Sony is actually going to walk out, show what they're, what they've said they're going to show. And like, that's going which to be, is ghost of Tsushima, uh, Spider-Man, yep. death stranding, death, death stranding. Right. Oh, yeah. and, um, and last of us Two. last of us Two. Yeah. Um, which like we have seen, like we, we, you know, Spider-Man is the one we know the most about. We've seen actual gameplay of that, but mm-hmm. like, those are three games. That, like I, I have no idea what what the fuck that ghost game is. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure I, in my head, I can imagine like a, a pitch of it, but like, like, you know, we know what The Last of Us is, but like, 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the game was like an interesting departure. I, I, don't, I don't know, but like, the, the, those are all like fucking Kojima game. Like, the, those are that's a great lineup. Like, if Microsoft would kill to show four games, there were just those four games. Oh, especially four um, first person games, right? First, 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 uh, first party games. First party. Yeah. Yes, they're all yeah. first person okay. games. By, by the way, I'm leaking it right here. Spider Man <laughs> first person. Here we go. Uh, I mean, and and it like in, in some ways, like they it, maybe like, very directly, they are underscoring their biggest advantage they continue to have over Microsoft. Like Microsoft has more or less like fixed the, the hardware problem. Yeah. Like you know, they're they're back on parity there. That is not a continued problem for them. But like it takes. Yeah. I mean. It, it takes a long time to build a first-party bench, yep. right? Like, you know, I mean, like, games like Scalebound, like, I wanted to see that. Maybe that game needed to be canceled, right? Like, maybe, you know, and they just showed it too early. But, like, they remain, even if Microsoft put in, in the work, that's something that shows up three, four, five, ten years, right? Like, that's not something that happens overnight. And Sony has, like, whatever you think of their games, right? Like, Detroit, like, a game that should be dragged. Like, but that is, like, the big, splashy story-driven first-party game like a lot of people want yeah. and microsoft has like none of those yeah yeah um i think the rest of these are are more easily placed honestly devolver devolver is actually going to be mcdonald's <laughs> mcdonald's mcdonald's there's no doubt about it there's, <laughs> Truly. No, there's no question ea ea again is i think black coffee in the sense of like it's anthem it's battlefield and that's it it's it's and it's I don't know rumors of of uh, some indie like another EA indie type thing, right? Um, and then that's and I guess if it. Anthem looks re- even if Anthem looks really really good, I don't know if that elevates it out of its no. I don't because that would just yeah that would just be sort of like a celebrated return to form for Bioware yeah. as opposed to like a giant surprise because like, we know Bioware is capable of doing really good stuff and uh, so but yeah like they would need. A Tie Fighter ish sort of like yes, big oh surprise shit yeah. moment to to and like it'd be the right time to do something like that with Star Wars to wash the taste of Battlefront out of everyone's mouth, especially given that whatever EA motive is building is you know years, years off, yeah. years away. I have no idea what to expect from Ubisoft this year because it's the first year that they haven't been under threat of takeover from Vivendi in a little while. And those last few years have <laughs> yeah. felt like... These Game On is just going to come out on stage with a beer and just like, oh, guys, <laughs> I'm just... Whew, really we, dodged a bullet a there, one. didn't we? Uh, I am very <laughs> thankful that you love the Rabbids. <laughs> oh. Uh, and also uh, the Assassins. Uh, so Who yeah, wants to share this scotch with me? <laughs> Oh. To you, everyone. Anyway, here is the uh, Wonderwall. So cute. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, because yeah, if they show Beyond Good and Evil, that'll be pretty expected to see an yep. update on that. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Uh, but you know, I hope the game's good. I wish they were giving it a longer break, but whatever. Yeah, me too. Uh, Splinter Cell will probably be there. Uh, I guess it's curious. Like, if you start thinking about mapping out like their uh their lineup it's like it probably doesn't make sense for watchdogs to be there even though it would yeah, be like i the want year, it, it would it would be time for them to show it, it would but be it's like so dope if they were like we have watchdogs 3 coming out this year and we haven't told anybody and it didn't leak that's not gonna happen i don't believe it's gonna happen they're not gonna ship assassin's creed and watchdogs no. back no. to back given that division two is also going to be likely shipping before the end of the fiscal year yeah. so by end of next march yeah um that's a lot but i I don't know, but I guess if they wanted to show Watch Dogs, it's like, hey, this is our... It wouldn't be in their wheelhouse to show like a, a game that's coming out like next May, because that's probably when that game is coming. I guess. 
Uh, but they seem to show all their stuff. They don't like do separate events. No, they don't do like cover reveals. No. Uh, so if they're gonna show, if sh- Watch Dogs is shipping next year before next E3, I guess they would show it this year. So I would be really happy to see that again. Um, you know, I, I that's a game that I had some issues with at launch, but genuinely really liked a lot. And would, it's a game set up so deeply for a sequel. Yes, a hundred percent. The way that that game ends feels like ready to do some shit, and so I'd be I'd be here for it. And even just like the design wise, it just seemed like it was the kind of thing that you. There are those games you look at and go, oh, like there, it's easy to see where they take a big leap. Yeah. with the next one, yep. and that is that is easier to do with a sequel than in you know with expansions. Yeah. Um, Bethesda besides Prey DLC. <laughs> Which I hope is cool. Like I, I, I'm curious about their moon base. Is what I, I will play this DLC because I'm curious to see what they do on the moon because it's the moon. They got to do cool gravity stuff. I yeah, mean, that game right? had really cool zero G stuff and regular gravity stuff. But so like, like, what about one sixth gravity? Exactly. That's, that's a cool idea, right? And I bet they could come up with some really cool gadgets and shit to work in that space in in yeah. one sixth gravity versus just zero G. Um, what else do you want from that prey? From that, like, is there a narrative space in in prey, Danielle, that you think the DLC could uh, could address? Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to know a little bit more about the world mm-hmm. itself, a little bit more about Transstar Corporation, the sort of you know fucked up corporation, or the backstory. I could see this absolutely being very backstory heavy in right. terms of the the sort of sixties space race stuff that happened in the the sort of alt right. history. Of this world, I could imagine seeing some like cool Russian space stations or Russian slash American, you know, uh, joint efforts because that's sort of the backstory of the game, but it doesn't go super deep in that stuff. So I feel like that could be extremely cool. Some Cold War on the moon stuff. Here's are a- you are you happy if they don't address like the way Prey ends? Like if they if like if this is the last that we get of Prey, are you happy with? Like the cliffhanger just being how prey like leaves its world, or is you are you hopeful that somehow they like even if they set in a prequel direction, they somehow manage to address like where prey leaves like the world and the consequences of what happened? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually really okay with the way prey ends. I actually think it's like kind of interesting and at least speaks to the stakes that makes sense uh, in terms of the ending of that game. So I, I'm fine either way. Honestly, the thing I I really love the world and I really love the characters in prey quite a bit, but I also loved how much it was a really awesome toy box for me to play with right. sort of immersive sim system. So, I, yeah, I'm honestly good either way. I just want this to be as much as possible. <laughs> this is one of those few things where, uh, you know, normally I'm like, oh, man, I want games to be shorter. Uh, but Prey was great uh, for me, at least, because I, I it didn't have to be super long, but I chose for it to be a very long experience for me because I had so much fun playing with all those possibilities. It was long even if you didn't do that. <laughs> like, I, that was I what... guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That was like a 25-hour game even if you played it straight. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, right. Or an 80-hour game if you played it like me. So, yeah. <laughs> Here's a question. So there have been rumors that there was an earlier version of that game or, or maybe just in the design doc or you know, I don't know when, when direction changed here, but where a lot of the NPCs who are dead in that game were supposed to be alive. That there was a version of that game in someone's imagination, in the dev team's imagination, where – you know, the mimics and the aliens are, are cohabitating with an active, open, like, living station compared to the kind of more Bioshock, everything's already gone wrong thing. Is that something you'd like to see in the Moon DLC? Yeah, I think that would be rad, especially if it kind of takes place in the in the 60s, or not necessarily even the 60s, but sort of in that alt, uh, 
you know, that alt history or yeah. the, as a prequel, like, you know, if this is uh, story wise, a prequel. I mean, there were there were sections of Prey where there were people alive, yeah. but yeah. It, it was mostly relegated to like the cargo bay. Yeah, that, that's that sure. cargo bay stuff where you like work with the people to like fight off that one incoming invasion yeah. or whatever, right? I yeah, would, I'd like yeah. to see love a, a thing direction from that where it's oh, like because the thing that I think about a lot Ooh. is Prey opens so fucking strongly, but I love that moment where the um sort of the doctor who's giving you the exam at the start of the game realizes that something just fucked up and he finally just turns to someone who's like what what the hell is going on uh and then he, <laughs> yeah. he says like somebody give me a coffee and then all hell breaks loose and i want a game yeah. that is basically that moment what the hell is going on and then something completely innocuous blows the fuck up in your face like right. that's the I would a hundred percent like adore a prey game like that. Yeah, I want yeah. that pacing in games in general. I saw Hereditary last night. I know Patrick, you did too. Um, but that's a movie with that sort of like fantastic, very like it lets you know some shit is gonna happen, and then there's a build, and that build keeps going and going, and then it gets there. It gets to like horror movie uh extremes but it takes its time and it is kind of dryly funny and very tense and like i would love for a prey game to have that sort of slow building tension like we know there are aliens here but don't show us any of the designs for the first four hours you know or 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 just live more in the the moment before the moment yes like leading up to like it's so much uh, so many stories jump in to like, yeah, oh, the outbreak has happened, or the terrible, the terrible, like you know, event that has escalated everything is is occurred, or happens in the intro cutscene, or happens in the first like ten minutes. And I, I think there's a way that you could do uh, something with prey that like allows it to like kind of live on the on the edges a little bit, where like you know, it's it's before everything has taken a dark turn, um, and that would be a lot of. It just to have more alive characters, more people to interact with. Like often in these spaces, you're dealing with a you know a dead, decrepit you know space station or whatever the right, environment is, right. um, where everyone's gone because it's easier to rationalize you know how you're going around shooting everything up or, or however you're interacting <laughs> yeah. with the world. And it would be it'd be it'd be interesting to see um, them kind of pull that back because it's it's fun to live in that and interesting to live in that moment before uh, everything takes that turn. It's such a bummer to me that we don't get. So we, I, I can think of in this kind of broad immersive sim space, I'm going to turn this into another immersive sim episode of Waypoint Radio, <laughs> but we get the everything has gone wrong and now you're there thing, right? And then I'd say like in a game like Hitman, uh, the, the 2016 Hitman, um, or the upcoming Hitman 2, hopefully, we get the like everything exists and then you're there to throw the wrench into it. Right. And I love both of those. I would love to get the one where, which is like the wrench is being tossed uh, or the version of it where like, yes, you throw a wrench and then you have to stick around. Right. So like yeah. you or yeah, you're, you, you, you're the one that knows the wrench is like you see it mid flight. Yes. And like nobody else does. Yes. And like you get to be that character who's like waving their hands, you know, like shit's bad. Why is no one think <laughs> this is no going one, right, wrong? Exactly. And also the person was like, all right, I'm going to do something about it. But then you also have to live with the consequences of whatever you've, you've done with it. I guess Deus Ex gets there a little bit. Deus Ex is maybe the one that does feel the most like, OK, I've done this thing and the world is going to continue on because it's not. A, a, like a post-apocalyptic uh or like a you know a, a, a deserted underwater base or a deserted space station it is just the world so i think maybe that's that's i just i wish that second deus ex sequel was better 
Which one do I mean? Up to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, in any case. Oof. Um, Patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out there was a pattern. Um, I guess the last thing on these like general E3 conferences. Or, you know what? One more thing on Bethesda, which is we even talked 76, Fallout 76. Um, I'm still – I just want to say on this podcast that I'm, I'm – bemused and frustrated with the way that's being pitched based on the reporting around it and based on some stuff i'd heard um that game is being pitched like it's a big fallout game like it's a like it's a mainline fallout game like it's a open world first person single player rpg it might be first person to be clear but as jason schreier reported over on kotaku like all of the all of his reporting and all the stuff that I've heard from various sources uh, <laughs> is that it is a multiplayer survival game. Um, uh, his story talks about it in 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 collection or in connection to games like Rust or Arc. Oh, um, no. I've def- I've definitely heard it. I've definitely heard it called a co op survival game um, from some sources, and so that is a little more appealing to me. But it's just like two weeks of of letting your fan base who really loves fallout the way it's been think that maybe they might be getting another one of those just doesn't feel like a good strategy to me like i mean the hope the hope <sighs> is that maybe they're like while the reporting has like focused on this one element of it maybe there is because yeah jason jason has reported yep. out that you know but that's the game studio like it's being co-developed it, right it, it will be yeah it will be very it would be very strange for them to say this is a Bethesda Game Studios production. Like there is a lot of weight behind putting that logo, that that name behind yeah. it. It would have been a lot easier for them to say, hey, Bethesda Austin. Montreal it's or, you know, whatever. So Austin. it is right. Bethesda. Like, the thing Bethesda. Is, it is and that, they are working on yes. But they but like they put this logo. Yeah. They said this is the next Bethesda Game Studios game. And so they're like there's a calculated weight, and Bethesda is like they're you know a smart company. Like they they they're pretty especially pretty savvy about social media and how they pitch their games to to an audience. Uh, my hope is that there is more. Like no, is it is it Fallout Five? Like no, no, it's not. But like, is there more of like what you would want out of? A, a that kind of game here more than has been reported out a surprising so. amount more yes. i hope so yeah. and so because i think it would be very strange for them to put their logo on there even if they're working on it like but like by putting their logo on it they are imbu- they make a specific type of game yeah and so uh, and he's been out there todd howard has been out there saying we're going to make some new types of games in the past but right I, you will see We'll see. I'll, I hope. I hope that that would be one of my surprises from E3 is actually like as, as someone that de- I'll say despise despise the building parts of Fallout Four because it is just like so far from what I want from those right. games and the fact that the other parts of the game I found to be profoundly disappointing. Uh, yeah. Like it does not make me feel great that like the the follow up <laughs> in a sense or the next one is like whoa we're gonna double down on like building shit and I'm like oh that just makes me. Uh, uh, Kind of, but but if it's building shit in cert, like the building seven Fallout Four, that was, was not the biggest in service. Problem. Yeah, well, no, so, so it was not in service of anything except like if you wanted to be creative and and just build something, which I like I doing. Build- but but even I was like, I wish there was a reason for me to grow crops. Right, I which, wish there was a reason to build of. this cool bar or this basketball court I built. I wish this did something. Uh, and there have been some really good mods that have figured out some stuff to do around that. Um, that I've been, again, looking at YouTube videos for for the last week on and off and haven't actually installed and played yet. But when I get back, that's one of my fun projects. It's going to be, it's going to be, I'm going to fucking mod Fallout 4 into a game that I want to play again. I've heard uh, people, one of the big praises they give for a game like Dragon Quest Builders is like that it was a game that a lot of people were waiting for. Was like, I find Minecraft intellectually interesting. Right. But I don't want to sit there with the blocks and have... 
I want something to do. I want I want to be instructed. And Dragon Quest Builders like is a game yeah. that does that. It takes Minecraft elements and then like drops that on top of like a, a, a you know a bunch of RPG stuff. And I've heard that game is really great for for scratching that itch. So I'm I guess that's what I'm hoping for Fallout seventy six is it's more. It's like it takes that part that I didn't like of Fallout 4 because it felt directionless and uh, maybe put some direction behind it that m- makes it a little more palatable to someone like Yeah, that'd myself. be good. I, I really like survival games. I'm, I'm that person. I like more of the single player or co-op variety, things like Seven Days to Die, Minecraft, stuff like that I've had a lot of fun, fun with over the years. Um, less so than Ark or Rust, which are like these like – or Daisy even that have these kind of like heavy competitive versions. Um, I'd r- way rather play a PUBG or a battle royale game in some way to, to tap that itch. Um, so I hope it is more co-op. I, I would love it something that is like the fallout take on like the big budget version of fallout shelter meets state of decay. But you know, but you're building out a base, you're building out a, a vault, whatever you're building that has like NPCs that have needs and quests and you know, that you're, you're recruiting and managing something like that. Um, Real quick, speaking of multiplayer stuff, I am also curious about No Man's Sky next, which will be at, probably be at Microsoft, since that's where that is coming. Um, I mean, I guess next is coming to everything, but the, they announced next via a Microsoft uh, uh, kind of um, live stream. Uh, and so I think we'll see that, and I know that'll be multiplayer, but I'm very curious about what else it will be. They've done a lot of good work supporting No Man's Sky since its launch. I think that that the single player stuff that they added has been really good, whether that's the foundation, like base building stuff there or the narrative stuff that got added last year. Um, and I'm very curious to see if this is just, Hey, you can, you and your friend can have a base and fly around together or if there is like a bigger picture, you know, pitch to that because even just, hey, you and your friends can fly around together is a big lift for a team of that size. Um, but if it is also, and here is some sort of new system that helps you like group up and have guilds and manage planets. And here is a, a version of it where you're able to like, uh, you know, collaborate with your resources and own a freighter together and become, you know, we've redone the, econ- the, the economy so you can be like, if it, if it goes in the EVE Online direction or if it goes completely different direction that I can't even think of, I'd be happy. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what that actually looks like. Um, all right. I think this is it. This is our last question. Um, <laughs> Philip, last chance. He says, what is your wildest guess, guess about the new FromSoft game? God damn it. I think I already gave mine. What was your wildest? Oh, yeah, I guess we did. I guess our wildest guess is, Silent. Is, Silent, is, is, is Shadow 2 or Silent Hills. Um, my real guess is something like Kuan. I think that is the best thing out there right now. Kuan or uh, – uh, I wouldn't be su- surprised if it like – was basically pulling from Kuan and Tenchu would be uh, – like, like ninja like, – like Japanese ninja body horror? The pro- yeah, the problem, like, yes, I'd play that game. The problem is, like, there was also already just, like, one of those. Um, ne- you know, Neo? What was that fucking? Neo. Yeah, Neo, yeah. which, like, I didn't play it once I found out the game takes, like, 90 hours to finish. I was like, okay, sorry. Like, <laughs> just, I just don't, <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, but it was a really good game. I liked, like, the 10 hours or so I played. Um, and I'd like to play from software spin on that. Um, but I, I, I really hope it is something, like, as much as I just want them to make, like, a Bloodborne 2, and I really wish they would make a Bloodborne 2. I think there was a lot left to mine from uh, from that. I think, like, two games in, like, their spinoffs, like, I think it's, like, the right amount. Dark Souls 3 was good, but, like, I didn't... I, that game didn't need to be made, um, I would say. Um, but I'd love, like, a... Like, yeah, like, a Tenchu sort of, like, ninja focus, something, like, fundamentally sort of changed, like, your approach to 
to play. It's like I like the Dark, Dark Souls DNA. And yeah. I just want them to keep pushing the combat and like the way you interact with the world in like different directions that like allow you to take advantage of like the foundational knowledge you have. But like whereas Bloodborne forced you to be on offense instead of defense, um, I want something that like does a similar push for your habits. Right, in some direction. Uh, Daniel, what about you? You you play like you, you've played these games, even though um, oh yeah, Austin and I are the obsessives. Like, what what are you <laughs> what do you what do you come from it um, looking for? Yeah, I mean, a similar case with Bloodborne too. I just really like the combat so much better in that game, and I liked those horror elements so much, especially mm-hmm. towards the end of the game. It just got so wild. It was so much fun to see that. I don't know how they would top it. I mean, I'm sure they would figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, uh, I trust them to do that. But I'm also interested in sort of new thematic stuff as well. Like Bloodborne was so much fun and so interesting, partially uh, partially because of the, the more aggressive combat, but also because it was a different type of setting. The right. sort of like fantasy setting isn't really my bag. Like I, I enjoy it on some levels, certainly, but... No, I'm with uh, you. I like you know, generally don't all care of us for fantasy are. stuff. Yeah, I think, so. yeah, I think we're, yeah. this, this is not a big fan. Uh, Rob, are you a big fantasy? Are you a big fantasy guy? Big, uh, are you Rob, a fantasy are you a fan man? of big fantasy? Fantasy big man? Fantasy. I love fantasy. Oh, there it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can tell he's telling the truth. In the tank for big fantasy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that's a good. I, I'm with you completely, Danielle. Which is like anything new would be really cool. That that yeah. teaser was so up in the air. Like obviously some sort of fantasy East Asian script or something. So I think a lot of people definitely feel like it's going in that direction. Um, yeah. I would love for them. Seemed a little more body horror-y than even with what they've explored in the, the past. Yeah. Like number of number of their enemies and boss designs have played with uh, body horror. Yes. But, like, the way that trailer was framed was, seemed to push even further in the direction of uh, more explicit horror elements, um, which obviously I'm rooting for. So. Yeah, of course. Of course you are. I've been watching people play through Demon Souls recently, um, and that game's good. I want a Demon Souls remaster so bad, and we're not going to yeah, get one Yeah, you know what we might get? There's uh, the folks that did Shadows of the Colossus said that, or Shadow of the Colossus said that they're doing another remake huh. of something that's like very ambitious. Interesting. Um, it'd probably be too soon for them to announce that E3. Yeah. But Sony owns Demon Souls. They do. Like, I do. I, I do think like that is a game that is uh, is so, especially now that the servers are down yes, for that game. Yes. Um, it, like when you think of games that would benefit, like Shadow of the Colossus, I think was a game that benefited from like whatever you think of the aesthetic choices they made. I think it be- like it allowed an audience of people to experience that game in a way that is different than going back to playing that on a PS2 and even the PS3 version. Um, and Demon Souls is like a tremendous game. I went back and played it after I'd experienced. Um, oh, did I you? It, like, just okay. before, yeah, I played it just before Bloodborne came out. I think it's a oh, great. Cool. It's genuinely a great game. Like I, I, yeah, it, does, it just does some weird. Like <sighs> just does like the. Uh, I hope they don't touch the balancing if they went around to doing that because I, I loved the. So I played uh, Demon Souls as a magic user yeah, because I never touch magic yeah. in any of in any of the games. Um, uh, and magic is just so hilariously kind of unbalanced in Demon Souls, yep. where like you can kind of just sit back and like shoot this magic arrow over and over and really fuck up uh, things in the world. Um, and it's just a, it's especially if you like the games, it's like so enjoyable to go back and see the one that you know. If you've played the others, chances are there's a good chance you haven't played Demon Souls because so many people came on the Dark Souls train, right? And that game would just really benefit from a layer of polish to to the aesthetic that was more than just. 
giving it 60 frames a second or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. So that would, that would be a, that would be a big surprise. That would be, there's my Damn. other long shot. There you go. Demon Souls yeah. remastered. Demon Souls remastered yeah, from FromSoft. Let's go. Uh, or from this, from what's the name of the, the remaster company you're talking about? Uh, so I can't remember. Blue, blue, is it? It's blue something? Blue Estate. There it is. That's blue it. Blue Estate. Oh, but yeah, it's not that. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for us as a long one. Uh, we will be out in, in LA starting tomorrow. <laughs> Oh God! It's so soon, it's so soon. <laughs> I should probably, pa- I should probably. Pack. Me too. I should also <laughs> probably too. pack. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Danielle? At Danielle Ri. How about you, Patrick? Find me at, at Patrick Klubik. Rob Zachney. Fantasy Rob at Twitter dot com. <laughs> no, okay, wait a second. We need to look Hold that on, up. Yep, please. Have, uh, what? God, oh, no. Fantasy Rob. Oh, t- he's a Nazi. He's a Nazi. He's not oh, a Nazi. No, no, no. Okay. He hasn't. Okay. He has never tweeted. He only follows twelve people. Who's it's following? Who's he following? Oh boy. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, shit. This might be I a, a lot of ball. people I don't know. Uh, Ava Longoria. Yeah, you know. This is one of my old um, alts, I think. Okay. This is one of your alts. Yeah. You were fan. Okay. Gotcha. Classic. Classic fantasy Rob. You know. <laughs> Uh, you follow everything Waypoint does, waypoint.com. Nope, not true. Don't go to waypoint.com. It's not us. That's like a real estate firm or something like that. Yeah. Uh, waypoint.vice.com, though. You can go there for us. Uh, you can also come to twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypointvice. Uh, and you can, again, please let people know to, to listen to us uh, by by going to our um, our, our podcast page that you, what you're listening to now either on our site you can like click there's a little <laughs> little thing in the top right where you're like if you want to link somebody to one of our podcasts easily you can just go up there click the little it's kind of hamburger it's those three vertical three horizontal lines on the top left and then click listen and that'll take you to all of our podcast posts um uh or just send them the link on like itunes or stitcher or something if you feel like oh wow they did a good job talking about how good anthem is um uh here's the thing tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, Patrick and I have a CD Projekt Red meeting. We didn't even say... We said the word cyberpunk super quickly because I think you and I believe we're going to go see cyberpunk. <laughs> I really hope that's cyberpunk, Patrick. Oh, would the, that would be... Anything else would be so sad. Gwent oh, Witcher, 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 Witcher 3, Game Gwent of the Year Tutu. edition. Yep. Yeah. Gwent 2-2. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> um, so yeah, make sure to listen to all of us next week. We're all going out there. Uh, also, I'm going to give a heads up, which is the week after that. We might do one stream, but we're going to like try to catch our breaths after E3 and so kind of be light on content the week after E3 and, and breathe a little bit and keep our heads down and come back and, you know, ease ease ourselves back into the flow because there's been a lot of build-up and, you know, we'll split the year in half and, and take a little bit of a break right in the middle, if that makes sense. Um, all right, everybody. We cannot wait to, to be out there in, at E3 and, and talking to you every day. I'm going to go get lunch now, and then I'm going to pack my bags, I guess. Uh, until then, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Danielle, what do we say to him? Be good, and be good at it. Peace.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.